Hi everybody, we're back. Frame Trap. Guys, I've got the best news of all. We have mics now, so there should be no weird audio issues. We have a black tablecloth. That's the kind Damn. of production values that you can expect on the show. We have new posters. We're changing up the look a little bit. You're getting everything. This is all for you guys. Don, if you could uh, flash production values on the screen, I would really appreciate it. Um, and to you guys might be wondering why Huber and Brad here are here. I mean, I love them, but you might be wondering, hey, you what said the this hell, was right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you said this I'm was supposed to be a, uh, a rotating cast, and it is. But uh, I wanted Don, or not, sorry, Don, you can be on the show anytime. I meant Bloodworth and Ian to be on the show, but they were busy this week, and that's going to happen sometimes. I think, especially with a biweekly podcast, uh, schedules are going to be a, a little weird. And Huber and Brad were kind enough to fill their spots, but we do have a super special guest, Brandon Jones. I got nothing better to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Super special. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's 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 a rotating cast. It's just rotating very slowly. You yeah. Know, it's just it's exactly. a gradual, slow rotating process. Cool. Brandon, it's take me another month to get out of the end chair. You know, it's just like one at a time. <laughs> you got you, you try to move away from me as far as possible. That's the goal when you're rotating out. Um, let's have you start off. Uh, what have you been playing? I honestly have no idea other than Pokemon. You're doing uh, that one. I have series. been playing a lot of Pokemon. I want to save the Pokemon talk for the Pokemon show that Kyle and I are doing. Um, but I have been playing lots of Red. Red's like Red's like brushing my teeth now. Red's like Bram. I'm gonna know, ask that you like, say the full title. Pokemon Red. Excuse me. Oh, oh I think you meant Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I was <laughs> yeah. This is getting double confused. confusing. I'm playing is, Pokemon Red Dead Redemption. Minor spoiler: Is Kyle mad that you're playing Red and not Blue? I don't think he never really said either way. Cool. He he kind of left it up to me. And I talked to Chad about it, and then I had a revelation, which was. Um, Red's in our logo, so I was like, oh, Red. Uh, quick question. I know Kyle does not like Charizard, and uh, you picked Charmander. Was that done on purpose? I have to know. Not to piss him off, because okay. Charizard spews fire. Okay. End of story. Got know? it. Cool. As a Bowser fan, I'm sure you can oh, appreciate yeah. that here. <laughs> Every time starting um, Pokemon. My, my personal game playing is pretty abysmal right now, because I, I'm so focused on video production for Easy Allies, not to like, not that that's an excuse ever. Um Played Primal a lot, but finished that uh, a little bit ago. But that was the last like major console game that I was committed to. Um, Tell me about Primal. Primal's Primal's fun. Um, I uh, Primal would probably be a seven if I was going to review it. Like I, I have no ill will towards Primal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those games that like pleased me. That like I thank you know if I was to meet the game makers, I would shake all of their hands and mm-hmm. thank you for making Primal. Like yeah. I like games that are about survival. I like games that kind of throw me out in the wilderness. Like I've always wanted to play, wanted to play Don't Starve, and I have it for that reason. Like uh, so, there were a lot of things in the game that spoke to me. It is not as good as three or four or any you know or even like Blood Dragon. Um, it had the the ending was so anticlimactic. It's not even funny. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I, I mean. I don't, it's like it's caveman times. What are you expecting? Yeah, yeah. You know the ending. They they all just cheer. You're like, all right, <laughs> I won. <laughs> um, but uh, I building up a bow with your bare hands or something about that that uh, will never get old for me. So I, I am grateful for the time I spent with Primal, but would probably not recommend that to to most people. You you made me think of something that I want to touch on just briefly. We don't have to go into a huge discussion about it, but. Um, a lot of times when I see coverage on games, you said, you know, it's not as good as 3, it's not as good as 4. I'm not very familiar with Primal, so I can't tell you one way or the other, but it always makes me mad when something is still really, really good, but maybe it's not as good, that it's just completely trashed. Like, sure. I feel like the, the, the sort of sevens of the worlds, the bees of the, wor- the gaming world, are getting snuffed out where it either has to completely blow your mind or it doesn't exist. And that, to me, that is a very binary video game world that I don't want to live in. And I just kind of want to gauge your guys' thoughts on that, if you sort of agree with that sentiment I, or how you see it. I, the reason I love Primal even more than Far Cry 4 is because, to me, Far Cry 4 is devoid of any original ideas. Mm-hmm. And Far Cry Primal 
caveman times. You're, you're raising all these bears. It's like so unique. And, you know, uh, Ark Survival Camp is out or Early Access or whatever. There aren't a lot of caveman games. So for me, I think that part of the game should be praised that it is an original setting and yeah. an original game. Do you think these sort of original games that maybe aren't perfectly polished or totally refined in a lot of different ways are kind of going away? Or do you think there's still plenty of them around? I think the indie scene is like full of original ideas. I think that's how they survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. So. But to me, I sometimes I like seeing something that's really big budget mm-hmm. that that isn't just made by one guy. Not that that can't be amazing. I mean, Stardew yeah. Valley is that thing. But like, I always come back to Dragon's Dogma, right? Where that is a really weird thing that had a, mo- a lot of money thrown at it from mm-hmm. a big company. Like those games get me super excited. Yeah. So, uh, not to interrupt you brandon but keep please what else have you been well playing? that's i mean th- isn't that the isn't that the podcast yeah playing? it is yeah, yeah, we interrupt yeah, yeah. Yeah. something yeah, out yeah, and then, yeah absolutely I mean, I, I, i'd love brad to chime in on the next one i'm playing no uh i i play always play mobile games you know uh you know huber got a hearthstone match going before uh still <laughs> faithfully devoted to galaxy of heroes the star wars awesome. uh, uh turn-based role-playing game for mobile um what is it about kylo galaxy ren? of heroes it, you know it's funny do you have kylo ren i don't no, no. and how many hours have you put in this it's pretty great well you gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta pick and choose you know you gotta you gotta be like i want that guy therefore i'm gonna put in you know pennies into a jar yeah. every day to try to get to that point uh cool. is watto in it uh watto is not in it Damn. Uh, <laughs> kylo's pretty good kylo and dooku are very similar mm-hmm. and i just went with dooku just because like um, I, I, it was you e- went it was, for Duke. It was awesome. E- it was easier to unlock him. Okay, but his big thing is is counter. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this cracked me up. That I was like, man, it seems like Duke who counters like hundred percent. This is ridiculous. And I'm like, man, he counters every time. And then I look at the character. It's like hundred percent counter. I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds pretty. Cool. If you hit Duku, he's hitting you. Ba- unless you like stun him and he can't. But like, Duke uh, and master. He gets bonus attacks too. One of the strongest. Uh, it's turn based, and like Duku can can attack four times. So he can like wow. you can hit him. He'll do a counter, but no, he can attack five because you can hit him, and then he, uh, no, I'm sorry, four. You, you can hit him. He can at- a counter that, then bonus attack on the counter, then do his own attack, and then bonus attack on his regular attack. Brian, I have, I have no <laughs> idea where you're at right yeah. now. Um, I, love I know what you're talking about, but I love uh, confusing Ben with an RPG, yeah. man. That's, right. that's not easy to do. As a, as a character, who do you like more? Like in the mythology, Dooku or Kylo Ren? Uh, Kylo. Yeah, Kylo's Kylo's just cooler. Kylo's hot stuff. Kylo's GQ right now. Is Galaxy of Heroes one of those things? Because I I tried Clash of Clans and I played it for like not very long at all, like less than an hour. And I was like, this is kind of simple and boring and dumb. Um, but I've had a bunch of people say, no, no, no. Like if you stick with it, you really do get to make interesting decisions and it kind of evolves and gets cool. Is that sort of what Galaxy of Heroes is? Is that what makes you stick with it? Is Clash kind of- is a whole other conversation. We can talk about Clash. If, <laughs> oh boy. You need to get into a oh clan if you're playing Clash of Clans. Because that the clan battles... Are a mobile experience I've never had. Before. This is one of that the best is, stories you've that ever is told me. Fascinating because didn't it's you get like, like booted out or something? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Rocco Tomorrow, who used to uh, he used to do he used to work with GT. Um, and it's uh, a good name, Rocco. Rocco Rocco Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, now he does does uh, writes for baseball. He's actually a big baseball journalist. Cool. Rocco Tomorrow listened to a podcast I was on. I believe it was GT Time, and I mentioned that I was playing Clash of Clans, and so he brought me into his clan, serious clan, like one of the top like 100 Clash of Clan clans. Uh, so they were very serious, and they would have a war every week. And one day I missed the war, and he sent me a text. and was like, if you weren't my friend, I would have booted you automatically. Mm-hmm. But because you're my friend, I, I, I need you to never do this again if you want to be back in. And I was like, this is probably a good time to back out. I'll back out. And it's still on my phone. It still <laughs> stares at me every day. It's like the Animal Crossing memory card. It's just like, help us. 
us. You know, like, like no one's paying attention to the clan. Brandon, you made me think of a story when you said, like, it was one of the, the top clans. Uh, before I interned at GT, I worked at a video game store, a mom and pop place. And I've, I've said that many times, but uh, I would always get the, the type of people that you get to come into a video game store. Like, all the stereotypes are true sometimes. And uh, I, would, I remember, like, Halo 4 was coming out, and we'd get people coming in, and they'd be like, hey, I want to pre-order this game, which is a totally normal thing to say. And then immediately after that, they'd be like, yeah, I'm one of the best players in the world. <laughs> or... I think it was like Cataclysm <laughs> or something was coming out. And this happened, I think there were two different guys that came in and pre ordered World of Warcraft Cataclysm. And they said, they were like, I would like to pre order this game. And you go and you're like messing with stuff. And they're like, yeah, I'm one in, in one of the best guilds in A. And you're like, I don't care. What, what are you trying to prove to me? I'm just taking your order. They got to brag to someone, dude. Can I tell you how I went up, went up to six year old the other day? Yes. <laughs> So I'm at a, I'm at a nice like you know uh, I'm at a, I'm at a, our, my nerd book club at a friend's house. We're sitting in the backyard, and uh, one of the the kids of the group uh, is six years old, uh, and he's way into DS. So every now and then we're t- we can completely have an honest conversation about like, mm-hmm. all the stuff that he's playing. He might be seven or eight, but uh, uh, he's just going by me on a tricycle, and he's like, "Hey, I finally broke a hundred street passes." And I was like, "Whoa, dude! Congratulations!" You know, I'm like. <laughs> That's really cool, actually. Like, for a kid, getting out, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you do, like, that's great. I don't know how many of your friends have 3DS. Like, cool. And he shouldn't have asked, but he was like, how many do you have? And I'm like, oh, dude, I, I, have, I, have, a, I have over 1,000. Like, I have, <laughs> I, have, I have, like, 1,600 or something. Because of E3, E3, I go to Disneyland yeah. all the time. Like, I go to big events, you know, where I'm, like, constantly yeah. street passes. And the look that just washed over his face, like, what? And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay. So like, go back to talking with the group, take all the sips of beer, and then he like comes back again around the tricycle, and he's like, I, I have two hundred. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool, okay. <laughs> I'm just like the correction. Yeah. Like, wait, no. I no, can't no. believe he did that. This this poor That's little awesome. kid. Yes. I felt bad. I'm like, I, you know. He's got something to. I'm not to trying to one up you, but I just you, you, you asked. I you know. <laughs> Brandon, do you have uh, do you have anything else you've been playing? Um, uh, well, yeah, we, I mean, specifically we were talking about microtransactions a little bit. I mean, I guess it's kind of where we were going with Clash of Clans. Like, uh-huh. you know, you, you are, you are fairly versed in, in microtransactions. Uh, and I, I really <laughs> These like, rumors are exaggerated. I really like, um, I really like how Galaxy does, because it's all about the characters, you know you want them, and, it, and they, they do a good job of where you play Clash of Clans, or where you play Galaxy of Heroes, what parts you can simulate, what parts you can kind of rush towards, what parts you have to work toward. It's not like... Like, like, usually if you have a game that you have to give money for, there's, like, three, two or three types of currency. You know, there's, like, I hate this shit. is the currency that you can buy with money, this is the currency you mm-hmm. get in the game, and maybe one extra if you want, we want to be assholes about it. But, like, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different types of currency in Galaxy, but, like, it's not to be, you know, mean about it. It's to give you lots of different options. So, like, the competitive part of Galaxy of Heroes, that's its own currency. The part of Clash of Heroes that doesn't care if you're light side or dark side, that's its own separate part of currency. And as you build up that currency, you're like, oh, I have 400 of that. Cool, I can buy five more tokens to get mm-hmm. Kylo. You know, so like every day I'm constantly doing one or two things to work towards one of my goals. And it, it sustained me. Like I'm sure I'm going to do a hard stop one of these days where I'm just going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm bored. Uninstall. But yeah. um, they do a good job with microtransactions and it's something. You can do it right. A lot of people don't. But there's, you can do it and make that. If you think about like simulation games like SimCity or something, like you're mm-hmm. managing money. Mm-hmm. So it is, if, as long as you tap into that micromanagement, we actually make it like a game in and of itself. This is really encouraging to hear. You're telling me that a free-to-play Star Wars game by Electronic Arts has like kept your interest, and that's yeah. really cool. That's, that's not what I would have is that, that's, about, that's about the most unpopular. Hmm. 
yeah. grandpa thing you can say. <laughs> I, no, I think that's right. I, I've seen a lot of people say so, positive stuff about it. So. Kudos to them, especially since it's funny when they were Battlefront. They're like, oh, we can't have prequel characters in Battlefront because that's confusing. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you should see on. my party of Galaxy Heroes right now. What are you come talking on. about? Like, whatever. EA. Yeah, Any, so. Anything else? Uh, it's, that is it, sadly. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, stuff that we've played on streams, Red Dead. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, stick bold. We stick brought up bold. stick bold. Stick bold. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, uh, I need to play more Pokémon tournament. Apparently, I uh, yes. I need to get, I need to get that game and hone my skills even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we Ark, who we were talking about earlier, and we got the new PC like on the stage. That's a travesty that like I haven't just taken that PC for you know test drive, um, <laughs> just on my own. Like, like not, yeah. not not streaming, not just sitting at home. You know, we're talking about maybe you know booting up fourteen again. Um, on a different server, Crisis. and uh, Ark is a game I definitely want to play. Crisis. Crisis. Have made time for it yet. <laughs> Still uh, choppy. <laughs> Huber, before we get to you, I have to do a quick interjection. So my little sister uh, is doing this thing called Flat Stanley, where you have to send this little character named Stanley to a relative that is in a different part of the world. Cool. And so she sent it to me, and my mom was like, hey, it would be cool if you put... Flat Stanley on the podcast. Awesome. So forgive me. Like, let me have this one indulgence. Uh, hi. Raise it up. Raise it up. Hi, people. But hi, he's family. Like, so Stanley is traveling to California. Right. So he came, He Stanley came to us as nothing but like a white character. Like, oh. he, he was just completely blank. He was blank. a blank canvas. He was a blank canvas. And we, now that he's been to California, you could tell he's doing some tourist things. He's got a camera. He's got a California shirt and some shorts and some sandals. Cool. So. Yeah, Stanley's Stanley's had a good time with us. It uh, gave me Hey Arthur vibes. That's yeah. what I was thinking too <laughs> when I saw it. Yeah, what's on his shirt? What's on his can't, shirt? Can't it's it the uh, the California state symbol. It's oh, okay. the bear and cool. the star and yeah, best state symbol. Yes, it's very very good. Michael Huber. <laughs> so, what have you been up to, man? Been playing Severed on Vita. Ooh, I can you are you allowed to talk about that? Because that's I looked in the store today. Oh, it comes out today. Pretty sure it's sure. today. We're positive. Check the facts. Checking the facts. Check the facts right now. Check the facts live, everyone. 90 we can do that on this podcast. 90% sure it comes out today. I just don't want to, you know. So you can give it a I don't want the Wrath of Bloodworth to come down. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Severed Vita game. Uh-huh. Fill in the dead air. Fill in the dead air. Fill that dead air, people. Let me tell you about Flat Stanley. Tell us about him. <laughs> no, there's, there's nothing more to say. Stanley, yeah. Lore's complete. So while, while Huber's confirming the facts, why don't we actually jump to you, Brad? What have Game you been up to? Game is not out yet. Game is not out yet. When is it out? 26. All right, never mind. 26. Brad, you got cut off. Moving on. Okay. What have I been playing? Uh, I'm playing Hearthstone, getting ready for old gods. Let's talk a little bit. How is it... I, I know there are a segment of our audience that doesn't love Hearthstone, but this this is what you've been playing. How has yeah. your Hearthstone experience been? It's not good right now. <laughs> Tell me why it's not good. It's not good. What's going on? Uh, 85% of my matches are against like the same three decks. Mm-hmm. I play against Secret Paladin, Freeze Mage, and... You play against that much Freeze Mage? So many Freeze Mage. Wow, so. okay. And uh, some kind of Warlock, Molten Giant crazy taunt thing it's all bad to you yeah okay but Uh, so many secret paladins it's just over and over and over and the worst part about it is whenever you lose to a secret paladin or it's not going your way they bm you they taunt that is my experience like no one ever really engages on hearthstone with a thing like every time i go into a match i'll say greetings or whatever secret paladin is just like threatening you, taunting you, 
Just maximum BM. A bunch so. of Kyle Bossmans. Yeah, a bunch of Kyle Bossmans. So, though, in my in my opinion, right, those are people that aren't very good at the game mm -hmm. that convince themselves they're good because the deck is making up most of the work, yep. and they're just there to feel something. Yeah. And that, uh, that's pretty disgusting. It's working. It's working. They're getting under my skin. I have a question. <laughs> I'm so, sleep. for those for those who are unaware, you can you can squelch is what they call it in Hearthstone. You can make it so they can't oh, you can't hear their that. emotes. So you just yeah. forget. Otherwise, you would. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. And that you have to do that for every single person, right? Yeah, you have like to do that for every single squelch. person. Yeah. Yo, Blizzard, let's get an auto squelch option in the options. Well, oh, Huber, there there is a change coming to emotes with this this new patch, and with it, it coincides with the recent new set. And I want to gauge your thought on it, Brandon Jones, and your thought, Michael Huber. Mm -hmm. So instead of sorry, which is only ever used to mock your opponent, yeah. ever is never used to actually apologize, uh, they're replacing sorry with wow. And Whoa. hold on one second before you jump in. Uh, different characters will say different things of sort of that general sentiment. Like the hunter will say, astounding. <laughs> awesome. Um, and what they're trying to do, I think, they haven't gone on record saying this, I don't believe, but they're trying to make it so that you have an emote where if something cool happens, you can be positive about it. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're removing, you know, sorry, that was only used in an egg of light. What do you, th what do you think about that? Do you think I it'll like work? It. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, because sorry every time is, you know... You do like a brawl or something, or the RNG doesn't go your way, and they always say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Uh, Huber, there's something I want to tell the audience about how you play Hearthstone that like I deeply love, um, and I think even if you're not interested in the game, this this you'll find this somewhat endearing. So there's this really old uh, Magic the Gathering article that, that basically breaks down Magic the Gathering players into three types, mm -hmm. and we don't have to go over all three types, but one of the types is they don't make like super efficient decks. They're not in it to win. They just want to play a really big dude. And if that big dude does something cool, like one in 10 games, like they're stoked. Yeah. They live for that moment <laughs> yes. where they play the giant powerful creature and yep. it just crushes their opponent. Yeah. Wait, and I'm which, like, what's your powerful creature that you play? Oh, I have so many. But what your favorite one, right? So okay. So there's this. There are these two cards that when both of them die in a game, you summon this gigantic dude. And that's your favorite card. Yeah, easily. Right. And it almost never works. Ever. But when it does, yeah. you live for that. So you're, I think they called that guy Timmy. So you're like, you got Timmy of Hearthstone. That's, uh, that's how I played Magic, too, because, you know, uh, Ryan Teen, he would have, like, there were, there were a group of like 10 of us. Ryan Teen would always have a control deck, a control. <laughs> a white deck that would counter spells and it would have like counter just, spells. just a couple flying creatures that like if you couldn't deal with flying they were just gonna peck at you and peck mm -hmm. at you and die and you know every time you would try to put a big guy out it would be like nope like cycle him out or like nope put him back in your deck and I just wouldn't quit I would refuse to change my deck and I would just have this I had this red and green beast deck I knew you were a red and green player. Every single turn, I was putting out some big boy, and <laughs> you know when it would work, like one out of ten times, like gonna say, mm -hmm. I would just get so excited. But it was it was rare that it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, not to not to linger on Hearthstone too much longer, but yeah. uh, just generally because we're gonna shoot specific Hearthstone videos after this. Yeah. Uh, so you think I, I get the feeling you think the game is a little stale right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I'm. Putting time in because it's kind of the last time that Hearthstone is going to be like this. Kind of the the original iteration mm -hmm. of Hearthstone. This is it. It's all going to change mm -hmm. on Tuesday when they introduce the new game mode. So, 
do you, do you have faith that the new the new standard format and the new expansion are going to change things? Hundred percent. Uh, if not right away, I think this is the first step to a bit much better game. Cool. So. Uh, besides Hearthstone, what else has been keeping you busy? Uh, really quickly, uh, Dark Souls Three. I haven't been able to put that much time into because. I can only play in the most optimal setting or else I won't play it. I need to have at least four free hours. It needs to be completely dark outside. Uh, I need to have a bottle of red wine or a fresh brew of coffee. So all of these stars have not uh, aligned. I've been just so busy. Something like four or five hours in, into that. But um, I just played episode two of Walking Dead Michonne because three's Hold on. Out. Hold on, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but uh, and we definitely will not say any Arsenal spoilers. I mm-hmm. want to make that clear. There will be no spoilers, but you know, you were a big proponent of Bloodborne, and you liked the changes that they made from kind of the, old, the yeah. regular Souls formula. Going back to Souls, like just very generally, very broadly, uh, how does it feel to you? feels great. Why? I uh, just got a new weapon, uh, and it's, it got me really excited because the, the Kirkhammer in Bloodborne is like one of my favorite video game weapons of all time now, easily. So, Dark Souls, like, sure, they have the Kirkhammer in Bloodborne, but it's more of, like, the original Bloodborne was more of, like, smaller weapons and swords and even the Hunter Axe. Everything felt more agile, whereas Dark Souls was, like, shield, big clay, more hammer. You can hunker down, and you like that. So, after having Bloodborne and now going back, I'm I'm into hunkering down again. Mm -hmm. So Cool. Walking to Michonne, man. I, I've Michonne. been meaning to play that. Uh, it's great. It's more. It's more action packed, I guess you could say. You know, because Michonne is a fighter versus yeah. Clementine is, you know, not a helpless little girl, but a little girl, a kid in this crazy world. So she relies on others, and and others kind of look to her youth for guidance. Uh, Michonne is just a warrior, so that lends itself to this kind of three-part three-part mini mini walking dead series it's awesome it's great the story's great is it a prequel uh it's a prequel to the walking dead telltale games uh it takes place uh in a very specific point within the comics uh in the comics michonne leaves for a while Mm -hmm. leaves rick's group Mm -hmm. it's that oh cool oh yeah so it actually ties into the comics um, something that always really seemed appealing to me about this particular take on a Walking Dead game is, mm-hmm. like, with the main Walking Dead series, I think something that kind of got under my skin is, you know, it was always about an ensemble. And yeah. there were so many moving parts, and there would be good parts and bad parts, and sometimes that would mess with the overall tone. And why I was really excited about season two is it seemed like it was focusing a lot more on Clementine, but mm-hmm. then you kind of got more ensemble elements as the season went on. With Walking Dead Michonne, they can really focus on this character. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like that's happening and that's beneficial? Yes. I'm all about quality over quantity. And it's like even... I just feel like things are too long now. I, that, let me... Like an example is like Daredevil. It's like 13 one-hour long episodes. Mm-hmm. It's like just trim the fat a little bit. Throw out like three episodes, you know, because it kind of drags here and there. By having only three episodes of Walking Dead Michonne, it is tight and everything is meaningful and there's no dead air and there's no filler. It just, it moves and it goes. All killer, no filler. All killer, no filler. Do you feel like you're learning more about that character in a meaningful way? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's good. 
good. The finale is this coming Tuesday. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> anything else that's been keeping you up at night? Uh, no, I'm just ready to, ready to go back to Dark Souls. I'm ready. Brad, you've been playing a lot of Dark Souls. <laughs> That's the only thing I've been playing. <laughs> what do you want to What do you want to say about Dark Souls? Oh, man, I feel <laughs> bad about saying anything about it. Yeah, because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. It's that special to you. Can you Can you at least tell our lovely, lovely viewers? You know, is it living up to your expectations? I would say it's surpassing them Ooh. in some ways. So you're definitely liking it more than you expected. Yes, I am. Okay, so. What was that initial hesitancy, do you think? Like maybe just like third one yeah. of Dark Souls. I'm like, all right. Just worried just about year burnout. after year after year. So Brad, kind of the feeling that I went through after I finished uh, Dark Souls 3 is like going into it, I was like, man, if this is the last Souls game, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see what they do next. Mm-hmm. After I finished it, I kind of went back on it and I was like, man, maybe if they could give me some more Souls, that would be all right. You know? <laughs> you'll see, you'll um, see. Are you sort of having that feeling? It's... It's if they made another one, I'd be excited. Okay. But I really want them to do something new. So, wherever they take you, you're down. Oh yeah. Okay. From software, yeah. Uh, I think I'm starting to like it more than Bloodborne, which mm-hmm. is a huge shock to me. Yeah, that's where I ended too, and I was I was shocked as well. Like so many cool moments that you and me have talked about, but we can't talk about them yet. Right. There's, we gotta do a whole separate thing on that. Period. Definitely. Yeah. I was joking about a ten hour Star Souls podcast, but something will probably three hours. Happen. Brandon, you've been really quiet on the Dark Souls 3 front, and it just, I I don't want to like speak for you, but it seems like you may not play it at all. Uh, I can't promise because I, you know, I, I, making promises on anything associated with Easy Allies is not something I'm very comfortable doing. It's like, anytime I make a promise, like, oh, wait, wait, no, no, wait. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I'm kind of like you, Huber, like, and not so much with the, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll play Dark Souls during the day. It's fine, but like, but I I, I don't want thirty minutes. No, effing yeah, way. you know, I don't I don't want to like play for thirty minutes and then get back to it nine days later and be like, where? How do? I, oh yeah, this boss is. What does he do? You know, I want to be able to like mm-hmm. three four hours really commit. You know, get a couple bosses in, um, and uh, yeah, get get hooked. You know, yeah. get to that first point where um, where I know like okay, this is does... I, I feel comfortable with this world. I know I can understand my progression subconsciously because I feel like. Couple things I want to bring up: The Witcher Three. A lot of people passed over because it was the third game in the series. Bloodborne I don't came think, out. I don't think that's true. A lot. Eh. I don't think that's, I, more people played Witcher Three than, than any, any other, other Witcher, Witcher game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there <laughs> 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 was that theory. It's it just that's the way it felt like with with Kyle and Ian and them. They weren't attached, so they gave it a shot because yeah. of the hype. But then they backed out. Bloodborne came out for like like Kyle bringing up Kyle and everyone. Fresh start. It was easier for everyone to hop in. Sure. I'm getting a, a th- number three in the series vibe of people saying, well, it's Dark Souls 3. I didn't get through one and two. I've seen people on Twitter going back, playing them, trying to catch up for three. Good. Is that getting to you that it's three and you didn't finish one or two? Or no, does, not it not, not, does it matter at all? See, no. thank you. Because I, because yeah, I, I what the you. one thing, you know, I, there's a lot of criticisms that I can, you know, uh, you know, toss it like the entire series for being just like I, I know the enigmatic story is like it works out if you actually dig through, but like I know I'm never going to do that, and so there, it doesn't have the same impact on me. But at the same time, I, I think the thing I can appreciate from looking at the Souls games is that you you know you will get benefits 
from playing one and then going into two, but you won't play two and be like, what am I mi-? like? You're gonna you're gonna say, what am I missing anyway? <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna walk in this world <laughs> and go, what the hell's going on? Whether you played one or not, so it's just, it's doesn't seem like a game where whereas Witcher probably would. Where like I'd be walking around with the redhead boy. It's been a long time. What's her name? Trish. And Trish would mention something. Trish, and Garrett, sorry. I'm Trish. sorry, Trish. And Garrett would laugh, and I'm like, cool guys. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was I didn't play Witcher one. I missed that. Um, and I don't feel that way with, with Souls. Cool. That's happened when we, we played Witcher 3. Like, their character would talk to me. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know who that is. But then you're like, dude, do you remember me talking to this character? Yeah. I was like, I have no idea who that was. But I've played all of them. Yeah. I still remember them. Yeah. A, a personal pet peeve of mine, and I, I've had so many people do this to me, and I know you guys have had it happen to you, and it's, it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm always happy when people reach out and ask questions and, like, solicit our opinions. Like, that's really cool that people want to do that. But the more that I've thought about it, the more I, I get frustrated when they're like, oh, hey, it's it's the third game in the series, like Dark Souls or Witcher, whatever it is. They're like, should I play this? Should I start at the beginning? Or it's a series like Shin Megami Tensei where there are a bunch of different branches and they're like, which one should I play? And I get where they're coming from. I get how that can be overwhelming, but no one can really answer that question other than you. And sometimes I think if you're just like, man, I just want to start with the most recent one, mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, you changed my life on that, man. That's just okay. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you only have so much time. And yeah. so for a lot of you, if you have three 60-hour games, you're probably not going to play all three of them. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're in a very special circumstance and you have that much time. And so it's it's okay. Maybe playing the most recent one will inspire you to go back. And you, if the game is good, there will either be enough hooks that you don't really get care you don't really care if you don't get every single reference or story thread or whatever or it'll do a good enough job of catching you up to speed like sometimes i get so frustrated because i've had messages where people are like yeah i just sort of languished with this decision and i never played anything and it's like man it's yeah. way better to just hop in mm-hmm. and like, give it a shot like yakuza came out yakuza 5 and i'm such a just a lore whore. Like, I need to play in order. It's my OCD. It just wraps me up. Ben was like, just, just tell people to dive in. Because I, I had played Yakuza 1 through 4. Right. And people kept asking me. They were like, oh, should I should I play 5? Or should I go back and play 1 through 4? And in the beginning, I was like, dude, you really got to play 1 through 4. It's a building story. Ben was like, just play. Just hop in. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Just, yeah. if you want to play it, just dive in. And the, the other thing is, games aren't like movies or books where... There are some series that have been going on for so long that if you're like, I'm going to start at the beginning, you might hate it, right? Because mm-hmm. it is it is not a modern game anymore, right? There are, there are going to be data mechanics. There are things that will probably frustrate you. But if you play the most recent entry and you're like, holy cow, this is really cool, mm-hmm. you might be more forgiving of those things that uh, would maybe initially frustrate you. But Bradley Ellis, going back to you, anything else you've been playing that you want to talk about? No. Okay. Dark Souls only. All right. <laughs> Simple and to the point. Exclusively. Yeah, exclusive. Uh, Overwatch. Uh, I've played that only when streaming, and that's it. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Any new revelations on Overwatch? Uh, I like to watch Brad like... playing Overwatch. That's a revelation. Oh, nice. Ooh. Ooh. I was, uh, I, I just, just really quick, I, uh, just to compliment you, Brad, like I, uh, I just cut a video about our second channel, Easy Allies Plays. If you guys don't know, we have a second channel. Um, and the, cha- the channel that is not the channel you're on right now watching this video 
And uh, it's where we just dump all our Twitch stuff. And so I downloaded one of, uh, of course, I skipped Ben. I didn't download this. <laughs> I get a text from Ben. He's like, no Dragon Quest? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll grab it. <laughs> but like, I got like one clip. I tried to get everybody. Uh, and uh, I grabbed you playing Overwatch. And you, of all of the streams that I grabbed, I lost myself for like 10 minutes. I was, just, <laughs> nice. like, I was watching them just like, wow, that is, that is entertaining. Like, take that, Bosnia V. Wozniak. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's a. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, Overwatch is gonna win that any day. The black and white small square in the corner. It turns out Brad yeah. is pretty good at video games. Yeah. And he no, video yeah, games he's passionate in. about for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's that very special time of the podcast. My favorite time. <gasps> Brad, it's your first one. It's time for Hotake. <laughs> uh, and I have a very su- special surprise this week. I'm gonna throw you guys a curveball. Ooh. It's. Double Hotake. What? Yeah, we got uh, we got two, two things to talk about, and they're Baron, both very uh, different Vaughn, from each other. Baron Von Trigger 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 Battle Cry twice. What? What? Who's the horse? Baron Von Rivendare. Baron Von Rivendare. Trigger Death Rattles twice. Hotake right yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. Amanda <laughs> calls him Baron Rivendell and doesn't care. Doesn't that was care. The I correct thing. her and she just keeps on doing it. I'm like, that's a really cool fight in one too. Anyway. Speaking of World of Warcraft, <laughs> that is the subject of our first Hotake. Whoa. Um, oh. And the reason I chose this, I know it's not like hot news anymore, but uh, the reason I wanted to do this is because of this very special panel. All three of them have lost months of their lives to World of Warcraft. Gained. And so, Gained. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> There's no one else at Easy Allies who could, I think, speak uh, as intelligently or uh, go into as much depth as these three fine gentlemen. And so what we're talking about today, and you, pr- you can probably guess, um, there was a very popular private server uh, called Nostralius. I think I'm pronouncing that. Yes, Nostralius. And it was running vanilla World of Warcraft servers. Um, and it gained a lot of traction because it did something that other private servers running vanilla didn't do. And there were no sort of like scummy... You know, backshore dating deals going on where they tried to get you to spend money or was constantly getting in your face. This was just Warcraft as you remember it, 2004, 2005 era, and people loved it. They had thousands and thousands and thousands of people playing. I think they had a hundred thousand yeah. users. Yeah, yeah. yeah it like was that. it was a lot That's of people. Insane. And uh, they weren't. You know, I can't confirm this, but everyone is saying, and what they've said publicly is, they really weren't making money doing mm-hmm. this and as John Tron said in his video they were doing it for the love of the game and um, they were just about to roll out I always mispronounce this but uh, Anchorage the, you know the giant world event mm-hmm. with the insects AQ. and all that stuff yeah AQ and you know you just think about that and you get excited and people were AQ. really loving it because World of Warcraft Worlds of Jannor has not had good post-release content. I don't think anyone can argue that. It was it's the just, fastest I've ever bailed on a World of Warcraft. It's, yeah. And a, a lot of weeks. people yeah. have uh, seen things the way you do, Brad, and they're not reporting subscription numbers mm-hmm. anymore, right? So that can't be a good sign. If you look at subscription numbers for uh, World of Warcraft, there's a huge spike at Warlord's release and then just a cliff. Yep. Like it just falls. Um, and I want to gauge your guys' opinion on this because there's there's been a lot of um, articulate points made on both sides. Blizzard sent a cease and desist letter to the people running Astralis. Do you think... I mean, obviously, Blizzard is within their legal mm-hmm. right of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and which sort of side do you fall on? Do you think just because they can do this, they should have done this? I'm so this? bummed. I'm Why so bummed. Why do you bummed. think they did it? Well, they have to, because 150000 that is 
even if half of those people bailed on warlords to go there that's seventy five thousand subscriptions that's a huge number mm-hmm. i mean hell even like if 30 40 000 people so i understand why they did it because that's a big piece of the pie going but away world of warcraft still has millions of active subscribers yeah but like like what if this took off what if this was still going when legion came out and people were like oh why do i need legion i'm just mm-hmm. playing vanilla world of warcraft right so it would take away from the launch of that they needed to do it but at the same time Speaking from passion, speaking from like Blizzard, like the 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 motto of Blizzard and just Blizzard as a company, I feel like this is against what they stand for. It's like, why are you not letting us play the game the way we want to play it, or like the play, just vanilla World of Warcraft? You know, there's there's something about World of Warcraft that I, it feels a little bit different than than some other stories with some other games because. There was this thing at BlizzCon, I don't remember when it was exactly, where a guy during a Q&A session mm-hmm. got on and he said, hey, can we have vanilla servers? And the response, and I don't think it was intended to be as malicious as it came across, but the, the developer said, you think you want vanilla servers, but you don't. His tone was very bad. It was, it was not, it's, it, was it has taken tone. off. It has kind of yeah. become something people point to during this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he's like, you don't want that. You think you want that, but you don't want that. And... That's that's not Blizzard at its best to me. I mean, no. mm. there are stories about the uh, the development of the original StarCraft, okay, where they the initial unveiling was hugely negative, and so they took it back and they said, "Wait a minute, let's fix this." And you think about Diablo three, right? So that 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 arrogance was kind of present at the launch of Diablo three, where they're like, "No, no, no, real money auction house, always online, it's all good, it's all good." Clearly, it wasn't, mm-hmm. right? And they 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 fixed that, and with Reaper of Souls and with all the content updates. Diablo 3 is in a much better state. It's being more warmly received. And to me, when things like that happen, not a lot of game companies do that. Not a lot of game companies backpedal and say, no, we messed up. Um, and that was something that I admired about Blizzard. True. But <laughs> this seems Amen, to be brother, sing it. <laughs> the, the antithesis of that. If people aren't buying Legion because they want a different game, that's sending a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Brandon, what do you think? Highly unpopular opinion on this one. I love it. That's what I uh, wanted. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Corporate Jones. Full on 100% Blizzard. Yeah, let's do it. Shut, it. shut it down. Shut it down now. <laughs> but give me a defense. Give me a reasoning. Uh, is, it, is it sad? Yes. Should these people play whatever version of WoW they want? Of course. Is it 2016? Yeah, go run a server. Do whatever you want. You know, like, yeah. if you have the gumption to do it, yeah. Um, but there, we, we do live in this era. It, it's, it's the same on YouTube now for using popular music. You know, it's like if you're no one, no one cares. Mm-hmm. If you're someone famous, you don't have to worry about it. If you're in that middle group where you're just big enough to get noticed, mm-hmm. you're not big enough to have a friend that you can reach out to to connect you actually with the person, you know, face to face. We, that's what I love about Weird Al. He's always kind of existed in that weird realm. We're like, he's not really that famous, but like the guy actually gets on the, home, the, the phone and calls every person. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would like to parody your song and they're either totally down or they're not. You know, like there's an infamous list of people he's called and they're like, no. So as a content producer, there is, I remember when uh, uh, my wife did this short film one time and the guy had like Cocoa Puffs in one scene and I'm like, how's he paying for that? She's like, oh, he doesn't care about that. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, it'd be so easy to just make a stupid fake cereal box and put it in, but you got to be balls and be like, I don't care. I'm making a movie. And it's like, come on, learn how to do mm-hmm. it. Go get, you know, get permits, do it like, or don't. And so it's like, if you get, when I see something that gets that big 
and is still like not we're like well we don't play by the rules it's like well this is always potentially going to happen this is always somebody's going to come it doesn't seem malicious like that though vanilla wow server like it doesn't if I were to run it I wouldn't be thinking about like permits and all that totally but again devil's advocate The, the, the existence of a wow server suggests with every fiber of every you know of every being of every person playing that game the current wow is wrong the current WoW is not cutting it. The current WoW mm-hmm. is bad, is broken. It, the game never got better. You know, it's like, and, and I'm not again. I'm not putting words in the mouths of the people playing that. This is just a, a perception. That is of exactly what, that what they exists, see, <laughs> yeah. right? And so it's like yeah. them. Look, I mean, think about it. Just, just try to tap into their mindset a little bit by thinking about what we've just did. We're starting Easy Eyes. We're a month old, you know, and, and we started this thing, and we have this amazing community. You know, albeit one millionth the size of something that Blizzard has, even for one division of what they produce, being World of Warcraft. Um, you think about this other group of people that are just kind of running with it. You know, they're just like, oh, you took that thing. Okay, now it's our thing. And they're like, no, it's, it's not. It's not at all. Like, yeah, you guys have your own connection. It's like, well, we have our connection to this game because we played it. You know, and like, how you're stepping on our emotional connection to the game. And they're like, yeah, we made it. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. so we also have a very strong emotional connection to it too. And we have a whole story that we, that unfortunately you can't be a part of because it was just the story of us building this game. And to us, this is just not World of Warcraft. Then they it's, not, should go, it's not where we're at. They should go Dota style. They should hire these people to run a vanilla WoW server and you can pay um like a half a subscription. But, to but play Blizzard that. didn't hire those Dota people. Yeah, Valve yeah, yeah. Didn't. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they should do that. Let me throw something at you. That's 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 another layer to this thing that sure. you may not care about at all. I'm curious to see if you do care about it. Game preservation is a big deal to me. Yeah. I think it matters, mm-hmm. um, and it infuriates me that there is. I mean, there there probably are, but just for the sake of argument, there's not an easy, convenient, readily available way to just go play City of Heroes, which I think is a super influential game. I know. There's not an easy, convenient way to go play Enter the Matrix, right? Which Galaxies. Right. Galaxies, Galaxies, right. (laughs) Those maps maps were epic, man. First time I saw Java's Palace coming up over the horizon. Uh, Emotional. Emotional. (laughs) All (laughs) that stuff is is important and I think will be important in the future and should exist in some way. And if you can't get these companies to do it for whatever reason, if they don't want to, or the product's still ongoing, or the company's got shut down. Like, if they're not going to do it, do it who yeah. else is? Correct. Which is why, if there was a group that it was in there, their focus was to preserve a game, I would say, more power to you. And if a developer tried to shut them down, I would say, well, they can. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I kind like, yep. it might be unpopular to be on both sides of that argument, but I see, like, I, I see both cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I'm so proud of you guys for having, you know, for being that committed to something to being able to preserve it but you have to understand that you're getting into it, you know it just seems yeah. like very out of touch of blizzard mm-hmm. you know they seem so distant from what they used to be <laughs> like do you know what yeah. i'm saying kind of thing sure but i but honestly brad that's a that's a perfect comment because i think it's springsboard in the next thing which is kind of about blizzard as a whole where wow has been going on for more than a decade yeah that's a long time for yep. any video game to go on and sometimes I feel a little bit sympathetic, and I want to know if you guys agree or if this is just not an excuse at all, where when you have something that goes on that long, it's like a band, right? I always get really frustrated when a band is criticized, they've been around forever, and they change their sound a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, of course they're going to. Like, they're people. Their tastes change. Their influences change. They're going to change, and their art is going to change as well. And I think the same is true of games. Like, I think a lot of people just view World of Warcraft 
as a service, as a product, and maybe it is primarily that, but like the people making it and how they feel about things is going to change. And sometimes I feel like no matter what they do with World of Warcraft, it's been so many different things to so many different people that mm-hmm. you just can't please everybody. And where, where do you guys fall? On I that think argument? there's a point to that, but at one point, the changes people were going with from Vanilla WoW to Burning Crusade to Wrath of Lich King. Right. Like going uphill. Right. But then it just kind of started Cataclysm, Miss Pandaria. What was I, the turning point for you? For me? Yeah. It was it was probably Miss or I'm sorry, Cataclysm if I look it, back on it. Specifically, it was no more world PVP and flying mounts disconnecting me from the world. When flying mounts came into the equation, it was Zip, 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 zip around quest, zip around quest. When I had to run everywhere or even mount on the ground, try to get around mobs and and other alliance scum or or whatever it was, (laughs) when you went to the air, there was no fear anymore. It was about how can I get to level cap fastest? And Huber, I've been leveling a mage in World of Warcraft in secret. I played World of Warcraft (laughs) this week. Yeah. I'm level 26. Okay. Um, the other night I was roaming around Duskwood, okay? And Duskwood is an amazing area. It's just got a really cool kind of horror atmosphere. There are are quest lines about murders going on. Captain of the Guard. There was no reason. I'm not, I'm, this is not hyperbole. There was no reason for me to engage, from a, from a efficiency standpoint, from a getting the most value out of my time standpoint, there was no reason to engage with any of it because... Mm -hmm. The best way for me to level, the best way for me to experience like the raid content that I haven't yet, mm-hmm. is to sit in Stormwind, pull up dungeon like dun- dungeon, the finder. dungeon finder. Like you get so much more experience in such a shorter amount of time that if you want to get to the end, if that's your ultimate goal, that is the best way to do it. Yeah. And so all of these storylines, all of these places that I remember loving and really getting invested in, or even some areas because I always play Horde, I'm playing Alliance for the first time. Um, Sorry, everyone. Uh, all these places that I haven't seen get changed from Cataclysm, like, I just, there's no, there's no there's reason. Nothing, yeah. And I miss the days, and this is just, like, old man Ben, but, like, I miss the days of, like, when you had to do a dungeon, you had to fucking show up at that goddamn Walk stone. Outside, yeah. And you'd be like, no, I need you guys to get here so we yeah. can summon this other guy who's on the other side of the world. And you had to interact, and you had to figure out these problems, and people had to talk there's to each other. There's a sense of community. I am not kidding. I have run... Ten dungeons this week. I think one out of those ten runs, somebody said something, and it was just a hello, goodbye. Yeah. Other than that, no one said anything, and that's that's not an MMO. Yeah. That is a single-player game where other people happen to be a part yeah. of it. Uh, that sucks. Can I bring up something that is concerning to me? Yes. yes. I think this is true. I heard about this. That zones are going to scale now for leveling up. So there will be no sense of like progression that you're feeling as you're going from zone to zone going from now on. It's just going to take out even more of, like, feeling being a part of the world. Like, there's going to be... The impression I'm getting is, like, there's going to be no... Like, you're not going to go into zone. There's going to be, like, two skull question mark guys or something like that. Right. But there's, like, a sense of threat in the world or something. I remember getting to Ungoro Crater was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going into Ungoro Crater. <laughs> right. Like, dinosaurs are 55. He's got a skull. Like, oh, my God. Right. I can't believe I made it here. To to bounce off your point, uh, one of my favorite memories in World of Warcraft, and no one else is going to think this is a big deal, but uh, Burning Crusade, going through the Dark Portal and just seeing a fell Reaver yeah. and being like, this thing 
is like a skyscraper. Yeah. I am an ant to this thing. And I, you, you couldn't fight it and take it on until much, 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 much later. And how cool that was. And you're totally right. I'm worried that that's going to go his way as well. I think their argument for that um, is people playing World of Warcraft have a bunch of different characters. And yeah. so they want you to be able to go into any order to sort of make the repeat experience maybe a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more flexible, maybe not as stale because you're not going through the same route every time. But you're right. I don't know if that's worth the initial experience. I think the hardcore, though, are just going to hop in Dungeon Finder, though, anyways. They're not going to even but bother with that. You probably like the can't first right through, away. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, first run through, they'll probably do the zones or whatever. But when they're doing their next character, right. they're going to be like, oh, it's just faster to do Dungeon Finder. Right. Why am I even doing this? They just made too many changes to become as accessible as possible to the most amount of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's past the point of no return. They got it's like you, it's yeah. time you can't just did, start did getting rid of it. did a great job. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. what an accomplishment. Yeah. Right. Rap. End it with as much of a bang as it yeah. as mm-hmm. it had well, when it oh. when it when it peaked. You know I, I, mean? I fall asleep to dreams of the World of, of Warcraft <laughs> finale. Can you imagine? Just an entire war in the center of the world, like, Alliance like, vs. Horde. When you like, die, your character all gets deleted. Every single character from yes. every walk of Warcraft all comes back. Open all of them world at the same time. Battle. Every boss fight that's ever existed in the series, all in one dungeon. Like, it's just like. The problem I, with that is I just Brandon, don't want it to whimper. I just don't yeah. want. I just don't yeah, want. One, I just don't want one day for you to wake up and your dog's gone. You're yeah. like, "Where's the dog?" It's like, "Oh, I, th- I saw her going by the shed." And you go by the shed, and it's just dead. And you're like, "Oh, come on!" You know, it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, did you hear they just shut down the WoW servers today?" It's like, It'll "Well, be epic. they were around for 18 years. I mean, it was gonna end sooner or later." It's like, going with a bang. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, honestly, I don't care if people crucify me for this. In a way, WoW fans have fucking ruined WoW, and they've ruined it forever because passion. I'm feeling the and, passion right now. I know you don't like this. Uh, Mr. Pandaria, I don't give a shit what anybody says. It was actually a really cool expansion. They had totally yeah. different types of characters with totally different art styles telling unique stories that had not been told before. It just wasn't like, oh, fuck, here's Cadgar again. What's he up to? Like, no. Here's it was, again. It was its, yeah, it was its own storyline, and everybody was like, oh, I don't want to play a game with pandas in it. That's for babies. And like, <laughs> this is the most immature fucking schoolboy arguments. And so... We have World of Zajinora. It's like, hey, remember all those people that died and are gone? We brought them back. back. Hey, Legion, you remember fucking Illidan? He's on the box. Like, yeah, that is what? to me like some of the most it's... creatively bankrupt yeah, bullshit. You're right. Uh, to me, it wasn't the pandas by themselves. It was the pandas immediately following the fairy. You know, it was, sure. it was immediately literally, literally being like, "That's a oh good my, point." Actually. Oh my god, or dude! Deathwing, Deathwing. I just, dude, I just killed the fairy. Death, Deathwing. 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 Or, or the fairy. It was Deathwing. 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 You just see some kung fu pan on the box, which I love the pandas from Warcraft Three. Don't get me wrong, right? right. But I was like, "What the fuck? Who am I like, fighting?" I've here? just never, I've yeah. never seen eleven or fourteen Final Fantasy doing something that seemed as like knee jerk as the way Blizzard has handled Warcraft. You Definitely, know, it's, like, it's Definitely. like it's like it's like when it, when a change would come to Paladin or Priest or I wouldn't be like, 
oh, interesting. I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, right, okay. You listened, I guess. Or, you know, it's like, that was that was just people, like, eh, you know, just crying and just spill, spilling milk all over the place. And Me. I'm just like, there you go. Now you got your change. So I have, like, friends that, like, wouldn't play for a year. And then they would come back in. They're like, yeah, sure, I'll pick up my palette. Wait, what what class is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they told it. And they're like, I'm, I'm not playing. I, I don't know what this is. It isn't fun. They took right. a class I liked and made it not what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so it was just, yeah, it was just weird to me. Well, it was unfortunate because, but again, it makes no business sense at all. But, like, I'm... I'm I'm a just complete old man when it comes to MMOs. It's like I would I would much rather play something for the world, and yeah, it, totally. it would it would frustrate me. The like I'd go you could go to Dalaran and people would be like why go there and it's like because it's beautiful I guess okay I hate Dalaran. <laughs> you know it's like why go I go, you know I'm like I would go back to people would make fun of me. It's like go to Darnassus and I would like shop there. People are like what do you do to Darnassus? Get out there. I'm like it's my home. I was yeah. like, you know it's like I still like going to these places and experiencing this world as if I live there. I guess what? I guess I'm oh, playing yeah. the wrong game. Brian, what makes you so beautiful? <laughs> and I mean this. And I, I'm going to use the word beautiful here is that's how you play and enjoy games and Kyle Bossman is the same way too um and I you all are into each to your own various degrees but like in Hearthstone you play hunters and you play beasts in those hunter decks because yeah. you fucking love hunter that's your identity that's what's what you would you attach yourself to and to hear you say like I just want to wander around this big world I think I wish more people mm-hmm. could enjoy things like that one yeah one change I want to see to come to MMOs which is like the the unsexiest thing you could possibly say about advertising new content but like to me what what Blizzard set up with World of Warcraft is every time it's like oh new expansion coming that's why Cataclysm was so refreshing They're like oh new expansion where are we going and like I would love to have a game expand and you're like where are we going and they're like to the, the same place you've been new stuff is going to happen mm-hmm. you know like it is going to be a new chapter of this story it's not like book two of, you know, like uh, uh, Harry Potter. It was like, what's, what wizard school are we going to now? It's like, you're going back to Hogwarts, but you're going to find the Chamber of Secrets now. Like, you're going to learn all this new thing. And you'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. there's more here. And everything in Warcraft seems like you're, you're done. You ate this plate of food. You're yeah. moving on. Like, you got to, there's an island over there. Go there. There's no reason to stay here. One of my favorite things, probably my favorite thing about Final Fantasy XIV, I have a lot of problems with that game, but I think something it does extremely well is how story-driven it is, and every beat they make, every piece of content they put out, whatever patch it is or expansion, it builds the storyline in a way that makes sense, and it isn't just throwing stuff in there for the sake of mechanics, and you feel like you're actually taking that next step on the journey, which I feel like, as you said, WoW has gotten away from. And I think part of that is because WoW was a sequel to Warcraft 3, where they had this story with Arthas, where they had this story with Illidan, and in Burning Crusade and with Wrath of the Lich King, we did that. Yeah, they we, wrapped it up. We wrapped up so the story. Cool. And so, so now cool. you get the, you kind of get this lingering feeling that everything after that has been because this is a product that needs to continue. Ben, I, I, I know Brad yeah. agrees with me. Once you th- start throwing alternate timelines in oh, there, absolutely. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I will ever defeat a boss in my life that I've been so emotionally invested in other than Arthas. Like I don't th- I don't think I'll ever get to that point mm-hmm. where like I where I oh I like that that breath like Oh, when he was, fi- you know, we finally right. took that bastard down. Just like, oh. Were there tears? That was, um, there weren't tears because it was E3. <laughs> it was E3. I was at my desk at Game Trailers at E3. And I was like, it was just raid night. And I'm like, guys, it's E3. And they're like, well, if you can play from the office. It was just like a lull. I think it was like the third day of E3. And so like the, edit- the editors were just on it, you know. And like I was just approving videos. And I would like went around in all the booths. I'm like, Are you- I'm going to do a run. Okay, it was cool. So I'm like, all right, I'll be, I'm going to be out for the next 45 minutes. Just heads up. And then we did one run, and we were so close. And I remember being like, 
we're going to kill him next time, aren't we? And then we did it. And it was like my dinky, crappy, like, mm-hmm. you know, 20 frames per second, like, PC <laughs> and game shows. I'm like, no. And, like, all, everyone else in the guild is at home with their headphones. Like, like freak yeah. out, yeah. It's awesome. like, of course I'm at work. And their heart is dead. Like, but you got to experience uh, it. That's but cool. I got to get them. And before they, because they nerfed it every, like, two weeks or yeah. something. Yeah. And it was it, it was before the final nerfing. They were like, okay, at least we didn't, you know, right. push it, push it until then. Uh, quick tinfoil hat mode real quick for you, Ben. Okay, hit me. Do you think they plan on wrapping WoW up sooner than later because they were working on Project Titan, which inevitably became Overwatch, which was supposed to be an MMO? And they're like, we could fall back onto a new MMO if we start closing WoW down or slowing it down. But now there's nothing there that we know about yet. I don't think so. I think because the, from what it sounds like, based on all the information we have with Project Titan... Project Titan was not just another MMO. Mm-hmm. It was it was like this this weird hybrid thing that was sort of doing its own sort of stuff. So I think my personal belief, and I have nothing to base this on, is it was different enough that it could exist concurrently mm-hmm. with something like WoW, which did sort of set that standard. Um, but maybe if Titan did come out and it was so massive and it did have the impact of World of Warcraft, maybe that flame would have died as a result, but who knows. Um... I don't want to cut anybody off if there's anything else you want to say about Warcraft. I want to say wrap it up. Wrap it up. On WoW. Yeah. You're ready to to end it? I've been ready. That's one of my favorite things in video games is when an MMO just ends. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like the end of, it's like the the, the upcoming season of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Wrapping it up. Yeah. Wrapping up galaxies. It's the, yeah, it's the end, you know, imagine if all of your favorite shows just kind of didn't really end. They just kind of did another, and we'll do a ninth season and then uh, Deadwood. we'll we'll stop halfway through. Yeah. Brendan, Uh, uh, you incidentally stumbled upon the second Hotake. Deadwood. Talking about Deadwood. Here we go. I want to make this a mini Hotake, but, you know, as I said kind of in the first episode, we're not always going to talk about video games. Sometimes we're going to talk about movies. Sometimes we're going to talk about TV shows. Sometimes we're going to talk about professional wrestling. And I don't want this to become uh, a Game of Thrones episode, but we're, we're two days away. We're recording this on a Friday, so by the time you see this, the episode would have already happened. But season six of Game of Thrones, yeah. you're all... I don't know, Brad. Actually, I don't know, yep, Brad, if you are. Up. Okay, you're caught up. I've read the last two books also. Awesome. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. So we're all Game of Thrones fans here. We're all big fantasy nerds. Uh, this is the first time the show has been ahead of the books, and I guess that's kind of my central question for you guys is does that make you worried? Does it make you excited? Where are your feelings sitting with that? Corrections music. We we, we have jumped on, on occasion. The, the, the show, the show is, yeah. A case in point, people are dead on the show and they aren't in the books, so... There, there right. are there are a couple of timelines that like oh oh like they could just kind of oh off I, I'm not saying yeah. yeah I'm that, that is, sort of baseline isn't there anymore. it's the first time we're going into a season where it's like you know three episodes into this season who knows here we go you and know. and before we go any further I I don't want to neuter this discussion so I want to let everybody know there might be some spoilers so we'll try not to we'll try not I think to I can we'll, get, we'll, can we will do our best but if you don't want to hear anything about Game of Thrones I understand that just know that. This is what we're talking about now, so don't blame me if you hear something you, you don't want to. That's all I wanted to say. Play it safe. But I go like into it. it, Brandon. You seem like you had something to say. Um, oh, not specific. Well, I was curious what your what your question was going to be, just to talk about. Yeah. Where so we're at. I wanted to cl- I wanted to clarify where we're at. That like yeah, t- it is possible that we could watch an episode 
the first episode and actually they could fill it with everything we know. Like they could mm-hmm. choose to focus on characters Absolutely. and kind of clean up some some dirty laundry that uh, is left over from last season. Um, Do you think it's safe there, to say that we're going to get into crazy there, stuff? There are characters that if we, if we see like certain characters on screen, I'll be like, here we go. <laughs> like, oh no. Right. Like, I have no idea what they're doing. And, and not only that, but characters like, you know, like, like Jamie, where I was just like, where is he going? Yeah, he was not. He was over there. <laughs> he's over there in the books. Mm-hmm. He's over there. He's on the other side of the planet. You know, like so. Um, uh, yeah, it's. I'm on the fence, man. It's exciting. If, if am I excited to hear more about the story? Yeah, I'm excited. Where like just Game of Thrones, the the, the whole thing is at. It's it's confusing and frustrating. And um, but uh, but the show, yeah, pumped. Speaking of confusing Somebody's and frustrating, yikes. That's that's you. Those are the two words I would describe season five with. Is I enjoyed season five. There were there were incredible highs of season five. But by, but by and large, I was like, this is this is just not as good. It was the warlords of Draenor. <laughs> sure. Of Game of Thrones. That's an app. That's an app comparison. It dehyped me overall on the series. Yeah, and so that's Huber. You're answering my very next question based on season five. Where is sort of your hype level or expectations with season six? Uh, I'm very excited because every hour is just beautiful of that show. You know you're getting incredible writing, incredible acting, incredible visuals, just the total package. Every episode it just oozes budget. with budget and hype. Um, but I don't know if I'm alone on this. For me personally, it just feels like there aren't any stakes anymore. I'm just not emotionally invested. Like So many things have happened in that show now where... I really don't care what happens to anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm emotionally checked out. Uh, maybe that's because of season five. I don't know. Hopefully season six can kind of get me back into the high stakes that were the earlier seasons. Like, seasons one through three were some of the highest stakes I'd ever been a part of in any medium, book, movie, show, whatever. Every episode was like, my whole life depends on this hour. <laughs> and now it's just like completely disconnected. So, oof. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, to kind of bounce off that, I've been re-watching all the episodes trying to prepare. That's the kind of guy I am. That's uh, a lot. And I, I've been, my girlfriend is actually watching it for the first time, so... I got her to play Magic the Gathering and watch Game of Thrones all Man. in a week. Yeah, I'm, I'm succeeding. Half star boyfriend. Yeah. I think I'm at one star now. Right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one star boyfriend now. And it's interesting, like, how Daenerys' story has changed so much because in season one, there's so much that happens to that character. She's taken from a place she knows. The, all the stuff happens with her brother. She has weird feelings about Khal Drogo, the Dothraki. And so much happens to that character. And I, I honestly kind of feel like since season one, it's taken like two, three, four, and five for as much to happen in all four yeah. of those seasons as, as, as what happened in season one. And that really sucks. That's frustrating because there are a lot of moments specifically with her where I'm like, they don't know what they're doing with this character. Yep. Um, uh, did you read the books? I have not read be the glad book. You I'm a filthy be glad, show. Be watcher. glad you didn't read the books, man. Because, <laughs> because man, it's. I mean, there's. She is in the desert, metaphorically and physically. Like it's. Yeah. Just languishing, like doing nothing. There are whole. Yeah. There are. There are like whole pages and pages and pages of just like wow. Do just I not playing care? With sand or there's, something. There's one storyline particularly that they start to get into in season six. I'll be like, oh god, I'll, I'll see you in a couple episodes. On that one. Like I don't care because it goes nowhere. It's right. like here are these people. They do this and they and they're gone. You're like. Why? Why, George? Oh. But, uh, Fill in pages. Um, yeah. Fill in those yeah. pages. Um, 
it's 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 weird. I think <laughs> I, I I feel like the show unfortunately is going to end up being like two shows because I think they started it with this body of work that was so ready to be adapted and television was the absolute perfect platform for it. And so I think I think they like went into it with the a whole bunch of crew, you know, like of HBO people being like, "Okay, yeah, we're like really excited about this." And then you just had like these four or five showrunners that were just cackling cuz they're like, "This is going to be sweet because we have the budget, we have the actors, we have the like we're on HBO. This is going to be huge." And then they hit this weird midpoint where they were like, okay, well, when's that next book coming out? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, here's what you know about the ending. And they're like, okay, well, we'll kind of try to steer it in that direction. And I think, again, this is a tinfoil hat. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think I have a real strong opinion that there was just, there, there was one pivotal meeting where he was like, guys, I'm not going to have it ready. And like, or like, or, or, or based on the way George talked about things, they left and the showrunners were like, gulp, like, we're not going to get it. Like, we're going to, we're going to finish this show and two books are still not going to be released. Mm-hmm. What do we do? And so I think at that point they were like, okay, we need to, we need to, we need to not do some things that break my heart. Characters that are not in that show. I'm like, Strong Bellwas is so good. Like, there's stuff that like they're not even going to cover. Stuff Ben that like when that show's over, I'm going to be like, Ben, I'd like to introduce you to this character, and you're going to cry because you're going to be like, uh. oh, they didn't do that. Like, I'm sorry, but but they have to if they want to finish the story, their story that they have to care to what George's doing and what characters he wants to have it wrap up so I think like what the, the what the product of it was was this last season where we're like where are they going with this and then we're going to get six and seven and go oh they were going there and then we're going to read the last two books and go Martin you're an idiot what were you, you know like why would you hamstring them like this like why would you create this thing that they then have to like copy somehow and then not have them finish it and then have them make it up you know it's it's so weird it's 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 happened in books before where some guy will step in and finish a story, but in every case, the person's dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the first case I've ever seen where the guy's alive and well, well, goes to sh- conventions and shakes hands, is in movies. Yeah. You know, it's just having so, a grand old time. No, no, no. Loving no, his life. I don't, like, even, <laughs> I don't even... I don't even I'm read not the saying book. shame on you. I'm not saying you yeah. shouldn't have done that. It is just weird. Yeah. It is but, so bizarre. It's unprecedented. But I'm always going to take the creator's side, no matter what, with anything. I'll always sure. back Lucas. I'll always back J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'll always back George Martin. Like, it. that is the... Or they invented a world. Sure. You know, they have invented this. So, like, however long he takes, like, so be it. But if there was a deal where he said these books will be done by the time we get there, then that's, that's kind of on him. But, like, things happen, you know? So... I, I feel like sometimes I'm kind of the the king of the shamefully the king of this at at Easy Allies <laughs> and at I was at Game Trailers where I would be like okay this review is going to be done here or this retrospective is going to be done here and when you work on something that you really feel like is yours and you want to be proud of and you care so much about it always takes at least ten times longer than what you expected there's just going to be that one little tiny thing that you're like no. No, like it may not be a big deal to anybody else, but you know if that exists, it's going to drive you crazy. And kind of extrapolating that feeling, I can't imagine having something like A Song of Fire and Ice that, you know, is your legacy. Like when George is eventually put in the ground, people are going to be like, yeah, that's the guy that wrote these books. And having that weight on your shoulders, I can imagine for me, maybe it would take me 100 years to finish that story. You know what I mean? Not that that's a great excuse. Not that that passes it but I, I can at least like sort of understand i don't know maybe that, that seems upsetting to you brandon but brad I, where where are you at 
Wait. I have the lowest stakes right now in Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Ever. Yeah, no stakes. I was like, whatever, dude. No consequences, yeah. no nothing. Nothing matters right now in the show. I, I just imagine the two of them in the High Council, and they're like, so, the wall. Yeah. What are we going to do about the wall? Both of them are like, well, yeah, that's cool. You know? No, if I was in the world, the wall is yeah. the most interesting part of the show for sure. For sure. That's the only place where things are happening. But So, Brett, is, that, uh, is it going to be one of those shows where... Like The Walking Dead has kind of turned into me where it's like, I will watch this, but I'm doing it very passively. Oh, well, I would never even do that with Walking Dead ever. <laughs> I hate that universe. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like the Game of Thrones universe. It's cool. But, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a book reader before or anything like that, so I guess I didn't have that long attachment to it. I've been with it for a while. Yeah. I've been pretty casual with the series. But, yeah, I mean, I'll finish. I like the show and everything, but I'm not, like, freaking out about it or anything. Like, I forgot it was even coming out Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just like, mm. Its contribution to television cannot be denied. Denied. Uh, or, and you yeah. look at where TV was when season one came out, completely different landscape. So much, and not only so much TV, but so much good TV. Whereas when Game of Thrones season one came out, it was kind of in a class of its own. It was the top tier of production, of budget. And of story, and of and of just everything. There was so much mystery. It was just so unique. And, you know, I think, like Ben was saying about last season, last season just kind of stalled. And maybe that was because of that meeting with Martin, and they'd realized they weren't going to finish. So they kind of, like, pulled back on last season. Mm-hmm. They were like, let's just make a couple episodes and stretch it out into a full season. That's kind of what it felt like. Huber. So- I, I, I point this specifically at you because I think you might see where I'm coming from, but Brendan, something you said actually made me think of it. Uh, before we started recording, you said Game of Thrones changed the way that you view storytelling. Yeah. And that's that's kind of true for me as well. Uh, no matter what happens, no matter if, if Game of Thrones becomes the worst thing ever, no matter how garbage it gets... I will always say that it's my favorite show until the end of time. Forever. Uh, yeah, I have a super hyperbole Mike Huber statement to make. Hit me. Are you ready? Hit me. Yeah. Are you ready? It's going to be yes. epic. Uh, Game of Thrones is my favorite adaptation of anything ever. Yeah. Anything. Nice. From comic to film, from book to film, from film to comic. We've got a statement. Whoa. From TV show Harry to Potter. book. From Harry any- Potter. Oh, are you kidding? Those movies? <sighs> those, movies are, those movies are gutter trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Those movies are gutter trash. Okay, okay, here's the trajectory of those movies. One, two, three, four, five, and I, six. I can't even see six. Get a little bit. I can't even friend. see it. And oh seven, seven, seven like peaks up over the table There's a little bit. Six. Like seven. All right, Lord of the Rings. Pretty good, but I mean, like, like Return. There's all sorts. There, uh, uh, two Towers. There's all sorts. It was deliberate, you know. Like, there's all sorts of like swing and miss. And you I take and creative I, liberties. And the thing is, because that's the thing is, you're like, well, I mean, there's all sorts of moments in Game of Thrones that I don't like, and it's like, yeah, but there's 60 hours of the damn thing. So it's like, to me, that's why I look at anything else that I that I like that someone has adapted from something else, and I'm like, I've never seen. It hits so many notes from just one thing. It covers so many bases from just one thing. Like, Brandon, I want to hug you. Like, like, like uh, uh, Amanda brought up a really good point. I said this to Amanda one time. She was like, you're insane. And I'm like, no, really. And she's like, Mary Poppins. And I'm like, Mary Poppins is great. Mary Poppins is an hour and 20 minutes. And then you're done. And then that's it. You got nowhere else to go. Well, that's a different way to digest it. You the keep fact wa- that you can digest it right. in that short amount of time. You keep watching Mary Poppins on loop over and over and over again. And I'm going to watch all five seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh, and we'll Poppins see, we'll see who gets burnt out first. Mary Poppins know? is perfect. It's great. Yeah, but it's just like the the the... 
that is, I can't believe they did it. When they announced it, I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. When each season ended, I was like, I can't believe they did that. Like, mm-hmm. I was, my expectations were constantly. So I think, yeah, it's like when I, when I look at being, you know, a little fatigued at something like a season five of Game of Thrones, it's like, well, they excelled so far. They, they pushed it so far <laughs> that, you know, they, it's kind of like maybe where George finds himself now where he's like, I've bit off maybe more than I could chew. I, I've, I've, I've done such a good job up to this point. You know, it's like it's like going into your fourth Olympics. You're like, I mean, I, yeah, I won three golds, but damn, I don't know, fourth time. Like, mm-hmm. um, do you do you guys have those things? And if you do, I want you to name them specifically. Where they they mean so much to you. They've affected you emotionally. They've changed how you viewed something. Right? Where, like you were saying, I, having just watched season one of Game of Thrones and having seen it multiple times, like on the fifth viewing, there were scenes or sets or just the way, like, when the credits came on screen, there would be moments where my mouth would go, like, it, it would hit me just as hard as it did the first time. And, it, like, it, it was astounding. Do you guys have things where they sort of earned so much credit with you? And World of Warcraft is another one of these things for me where you did so much to me personally that no matter where you go, no matter what happens, no matter how you abuse me, I'll be there. I will see it through to the end. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yes. Star Wars. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. Real easy. Uh, I'll, I'll probably be a James Cameron apologist for the rest Me of my too. life. Especially because Avatar is like in the news a lot now, and everyone's just like, yeah, that Avatar film. Screw that Avatar film. And I'm like, hold on just a second. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Okay? Even, even with episode one, it's like, yeah, episode one. It's like, there are parts of episode one that are okay. You know, like, there are little flashes here and there of, <laughs> of not crap. Okay? You know, like, Only right angles, potteries. But potteries just, uh, just the design of Darth Maul. You know, there's just like, yeah, there's yeah, like sure. cool stuff going on. A lot of the costumes are incredible. The sound effects are amazing. The score is incredible. Like, um, Why don't you talk to me about Attack of the Clones? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Jesus Christ, that fucking My movie. least favorite film of all time is Attack of the Clones. None of all time. Of all time? <laughs> Show me... Any like not like I'm sure it's I I would like Attack of the Clones more than Sharknado, so I guess Attack of the Clones is my least favorite film of all time that I care about. How about that? Sure. Like almost unwatchable. I can't take it. I can't take it. Like how many times have you and me quoted <gasps> the prequel movies? Like right. GT. Are you an angel? Oh We're God. just like. Oh. <laughs> Because you remember, yeah, because you, well, because the, the, the bad stuff is more memorable, yeah, you know? It's totally. like, um, but uh, yeah, James Cameron, apologist for sure. Star Wars, definitely. Disney, probably across the board. Like, Disney's done some horrible things to their employees and, and, oh, yeah. and other people mm-hmm. throughout the years, but I'm, I'm, I'll be a sucker till I die. Guys, that was wonderful. That was beautiful. That's exactly <laughs> how I was hoping that segment would go. Uh, but it's time to move on to our last segment, and honestly, my favorite segment. So we're going to get a little sultry. We're going to get a little bit intimate. Ooh. We're going to move on to emails. Nice. We can get real close on the mics Real now. close. Get real close. Lena, Don't Lena. spit, though. we gotta, we got to use these mics good. for more things. Mm. Our first email comes in pop screen's delicious. from Luke, and the, the subject is just frame trap. I like it. Simple cool. to the point. Hi, guys. Hi. My name is Luke. Hi, Luke. And my question Luke. is... Luke has, Skywalker. Luke! Has there ever been a game... <laughs> You really wanted to like, but no matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't. Uh, Tenshu 4. Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> oh! Final Fantasy 7. Sorry. You, oh, wait. I, I, I know, I've bullshit. had this conversation. I call bullshit. <laughs> so many times. You, you've never liked Final Fantasy 7. Both of you. Uh, I res- Never. I respect Final Fantasy 7. 
I think Final Fantasy VII is a tremendous achievement for this industry. It is a water, it is a watershed moment. If I was doing a, 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 a documentary series in the entirety of video games, it would get a major chunk. Awesome. Everyone involved, the music, great job. I wouldn't want to play it. I'd Here's be, the thing, I, Jones. I, I totally I respect for, if you don't like it. You'd have to pay me. But you've never gone that far in the game, from what you've told me. Right. If you finish the game, then I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But you never I never did. I think that's a fair point, Brad. Finish I actually a, have one. Finish a 40-hour... Just finish the 40-hour hour. Yeah, no, first, and then do we'll it. Talk. I'm, not, I'm not here to crucify you, <laughs> do but it. I do think it's a good point. Just put, just put it 38 more hours, and then, we'll, uh, then we can have a conversation about Huber, it. Hubert, you've never... Not even in 1997, you didn't like Final Fantasy VII. I like the motorcycle. I don't that's think you cool. played it. That is the most yeah, super yeah, answer that ever could be. You played it way later. It took me a long time to finish that game. I played. I beat that like what? Only a couple years ago. Yeah, it came way later. Four what, years ago. What didn't you like? I just. just I missed click? the boat. I missed the boat. Okay. All right. I, I, I get that. Nothing. I don't hate it. Nothing against it. Right. Uh, just not passionate about it. So, uh, that's a fair point. To it's better answer point. the question, Resident Evil Six. I tried to like. And Did you was it so sometimes couldn't. when there just are games that I try to like that I'm in, and I'm excited about that mm-hmm. I end up not liking I have that that phase where I'm like no but th- th- but this is good yeah. and I like throw out these weak things where deep in my heart I know it's just trash Did that yeah. happen to you with Resident Evil Six where you're like no this is kind of cool Uh, I knew pretty early Brad was kind of hanging on when we first played through with the Leon campaign he was kind of talking me into it like oh these environments this is cool this it's like cool. a cool graveyard cool graveyard uh, by the time you know like chapter 4 of Leon rolls around when you get to China like checked yeah <laughs> checked out. out you know and then there was the hope of like oh maybe Chris's campaign will be good that entire campaign nope. is the worst part of the game <laughs> and then the whole time it's like okay maybe Jake's like melee combat nemesis thing chasing you down Sherry Birkin returns like no. <laughs> hey, and I, I was like, okay, Ada's campaign, like single player. You play as Ada. It's not even co-op. They patch that in later. It was like, okay, single player. Like maybe this. It no. <laughs> Hyperbole city here. I, I believe What's this up? in my soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better the, lose the, yourself. The Jake campaign of Resident oh. Evil Six is one of the worst sequences in a video game that I've ever played. Chris, I think, is even worse looking Chris, right now. Okay, it's you might be so right. You know bad. you might be right. Chris is so it's bad. so bad. Uh, the slide was cool, though. The slide was cool. The, the playground was cool, mm-hmm. and that was about it. It's just the most boring encounter. It has no identity. It, it doesn't. Ooh. Like, Resident Evil 4 and 5 put you in these really cool balanced like mathematically sound situations where there's so many ways to get in and so many ways to get up and just all all the gears are working here and Resident Evil 6 puts you in a square so many times you're just in a square and people are just coming over the railing coming over the railing you know or like you will be inside in a little area and it'll just be like a grid where, like, you know, a couple guys come in. Resident Evil 4 and 5, you had to move around so much. There's so much movement in those games, uh, especially with co-op. You know, you guys are kind of splitting You're not up. playing it right. And, and Resident yeah. Evil and 5. And even in 5, too, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the crazy executioner guys will come. He'll hunt someone down. And then that person will get separated. You know, they, they separate you by throwing these tough monsters at you. That guy will go away, and I'll be, like, alone in the corner. and be like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Brad's off dealing with him, and I'm in this corner, and I'm running low on health, and it's like, you know, because they know. It's like, okay, well, it's co-op. If, if you stick together, like, you're good. You can revive each other. 
Resident Evil 4, five, 4 obviously single player, but 5, you can't really do that. And 6, the entire time, like, we are just standing there together, just like... Or mashing that uh, melee I'm button. kind of rolling yeah. around sometimes just yeah. for shits Just for and shits and giggles, yeah. like jumping around, like crawling forward, shooting this. <laughs> <it's just laughs> doing like vanquish slides and stuff. God. Our next email. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth about Resident Evil 5, by the way. That game is, that game is better than a lot of people give it credit for. Hmm, uh, Payoff. Daniel says, Hi, Easy Allies. I'm Daniel, and I had a question for the group regarding game mechanics. Do you think game mechanics should be treated on the same level as story elements with regards to spoilers? I'm thinking something along the lines of Infamous Second Son, where Sucker Punch purposefully held back and requested reviewers not mention two of the four powers in reviews and trailers. Do sure. you think do you think game if if a developer or publisher or some reviewer uh, tells you about a game mechanic, do you think that's later in the game. Maybe it doesn't appear until like the last third. Do you think that's a spoiler? Sure. I'll give an example. Uh, ha not knowing the name of the game. There was a shmup that just came out where like you could transform into like a Gundam thing. And Galaxy. nobody knew that. Galaxy. The Galaxy. I think, knew, I think people knew that. Well, yeah, but they, we found out like three weeks before the game mm. came out or something. Like mm. right at the end. That would like, have been a cool surprise. That, was, that was a headline. All of a sudden we were talking about that game and we were, weren't talking about that game. So I, I think it's less about... I, um, I, I see it happening less when it comes to like that'll spoil the creative integrity of the game that we're trying to make and more we, we just want another headline please let us have another headline you know we just want another reason for people to talk about our game that they something they didn't know some extra character or something some twist it worked um, got me yeah I was like oh it's Robotech even more now <laughs> yeah that's the thing I guess sometimes I said Gundam when I meant Robotech works, right? that was close enough I'm saying in Ben's presence I apologize that's <laughs> all right. Uh, I've never watched Robotech. What? Huber. And I have. How yeah. about that? Wow. Jones, my boy. Man, you make me sick. You are very big <laughs> on spoilers, but you, you like as you said, self-proclaimed lore whore. Yeah. Uh, if somebody tells you about a mechanic, right? Like, let's say there's some hidden Dark Souls mechanic that, uh, would you want that to be a surprise, or do you care if, if they talk about it? I think it's a case-to-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. uh, the like beast mechanic in Bloodborne, that whole rumor right? that never panned out, right? You could never turn into a. They changed it kind of in the DLC, but not how we expected. No, yeah. what you think it's yeah. going to be, it never ends up becoming. Correct. But like some of the some of the weapon arts, I guess if people told me, I'd be a little a little bummed out. But um, it's nowhere near as sensitive. It sounds like as lore. Yeah, yeah, but for. Really specific games like Phantom Pain and Final Fantasy XV. Like, I have been media blackout because I don't even want to know the mechanics. Gotcha. Because, you know, it's like you're being born. And that, that, um, that's it's why like you're being born. Is that's that why said? I never played Duske, Duske, Duska, whatever Duske. I call it, is because taking your first steps in a world is a magical moment <laughs> for me. I'm watching the 15 TV spot <laughs> and all the you know, IGN quote it's goes by the game. Born. So I'm going, like being born. Yeah. <laughs> Just experiencing those first steps <laughs> and the first time you kill someone in Demon Souls or the first uh, brick you bash someone's head in with in Last of Us. It's it, it's powerful. It means something to me. I gotta, so. I gotta keep that for a, for a Tuesday night stream and just drop, you know. It's like, wow, that level is a good level. Like, yeah, it's like being boring, though. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that and I asked you to repeat it, I wasn't sure if that's actually what you said. I wasn't sure. Okay. Just so many Wait, visuals. Like, the doctor holding up the bundle yeah. and the like, a lot just happened to my and brain. And you just said it like, 
You didn't really think about it. You didn't have to come up with that. You're like, no, it's like being born. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, next email. This email's from Josh. Hey, guys, I was wondering what game each of you love that you don't think gets enough love of or if it's part of a series is overshadowed by others. For example, I love Mega Man 4. And not only is Mega Man overshadowed by games like Mario and Zelda on NES, but only Mega Man 2 ever gets love. That's not totally That's not true. true. But I get where he's coming from. Also, Final Fantasy IX is my favorite. Mm. This is why I picked your email, sir. Mm. Uh, in the series, but Seven gets all the credit, and people don't want to uh, give Nine a chance. That's not true either. I don't agree with that. Uh, yeah, th that's not true either. But I think the general sentiment is: is uh, is there a game in a series or a game in general that you think gets overshadowed by other things? Big time. Whoa. Let's hear it, Huber. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Oh. Definitely great example. Gets overshadowed by Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil Remake, and Resident Evil 2, and obviously Resident Evil 4. Um, 3, you know, it was originally just supposed to be Resident Evil Nemesis. It wasn't supposed to be 3. Capcom wanted to sell more copies, so they said slap a 3 on there. So it, it in theory, you know, it is kind of a side tale of Resident Evil 2, and... There's only one protagonist, and there's not multiple scenarios, so it is a little bit of a smaller game, but uh, definitely gets overshadowed. Have we got any other answers? I, I can do a six rant. I mean, not to, Wait a not, not to dump on seven. <laughs> Wait a minute, but, um, six, six overshadowed? Six is not overshadowed. I will. Th look, okay. In comparison to seven, did six get Crisis Core? It didn't have Core? as big an impact. Did no, six get sure. Advent Children? Did that's six get? Uh, the, the mobile phone game, like various multiple series. I think what this, I think what this, this emailer is yeah. saying is, is six getting a remake. The reason is, the know, reason like... seven got all that stuff is because it made all that money, right? right? Where I think this person is saying just sort of like creatively general consensus. People don't think it's a the, good game. It's not right. that people aren't talking about people it. Right? They actively say that's a bad six. game. Well, of course, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like most people probably say six is their favorite. I would think. Sure. More most hardcore fans have seen it. I was when, when Square like sold out with a lot of other franchises. I was like, like when four came to like 3ds for the second time. I was like, right. Uh, okay, that's a good point. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> can we with polygons well, on game, DS? Can we get a six, Game please? Boy Advance one. Um, yeah, but get after everything else. You know, it was just like there were lots of other know. stuff happened for other series. I would love uh, more six. More, more to the point. Six. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I can, creatively, I don't know. I can't think of something. No, normally, I would, all the games that I think are cool that nobody else likes, I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> like, I'm a weirdo. I'll take it. Oh, we thought Tenchu Z. Disney Infinity. No, we thought Tenchu Z was cool, even though we know it's not great. Tenchu Z is not cool. <laughs> oh, I thought we liked it. Tenchu Z like is it. not cool. Tenchu is cool. Right. Any well, kind no, of that Tenchu. was our guilty yeah. pleasure of yeah. Tenchu Z. I think uh, Metroid Prime 2 and 3 get definitely get overshadowed by 1. Um, Especially 2, I, probably. I, I don't think they're as good, but I think they're still really, really, really great games, by and large, that just don't... Seem to get any love. Like, everybody's like, why don't you make it like Metroid Prime 1 or Met Super Metroid? And I don't know. I think Retro did great work with 2 and 3 in a lot of ways. And I think those should get more love. Next question. Huber, I got to say something before I read this email. Hmm. Um, all of the weird, I guess it's the only way to say it, all of the weird emails that are specifically addressed to somebody are always specifically addressed to you. 100% uh, of the time. I mean, we've only done two, two cool. episodes. You, you already have uh, your own show, Huber. I don't know why. That's true. <laughs> So the subject for this email, only address this question if Huber is on the podcast. <laughs> this Pressure. is from Greg. He says, okay, so this isn't a hard-hitting question about video games, but it's something I just have to know. What is Michael Huber like when he's drunk? That's more of a question That's for That's a me. question for Brad Ellis. <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, take it away, Brad. Uh, so, Michael Huber, <laughs> known as Close Talker in some ways. You guys think he talks close to you now? 
He is. He'll face with me right here when he's talking to you. Uh, he's okay. Huber drunk is like Huber now cranked up like eight levels, way louder, way more out of control. Like he will just start screaming about things. Uh, he's very clumsy. Also, I've seen. Him I was just gonna say. Yeah, I imagine like more slurring. More. I've seen him fall into bushes multiple times. Like, 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 I, I would imagine it would be like the typical Hubert rant, except he just stops. You know, like, <laughs> are you going to say, what was I talking about? You no, know, like, no, it just you're keeps going. The, you're just good, the it grab. Yeah, yeah, okay. You want it to stop. So Hubert grabs everyone too, yeah. Right. Like, it's like an eagle talent just going, yeah. like. No, I, re- I remember the first, I, I think that was the first E3 was when I worked like most closely with Huber on a project. And I remember it was just like shoulders over and over. I would just be sitting at a desk and just like. I'm like, oh, oh really? Oh, oh, it's Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's ramped up, up big time. Yeah. Brad, thank you for doing that. That's That story is one of my favorite moments on the podcast so far. Uh, next email comes from, I'm going to mispronounce this name, Hassanine. I'm sorry, man. That's the best I can do. Uh, it says walkthroughs. This was a good email. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just terrible at pronunciation. How do you feel about playing games with walkthroughs? I used to feel guilty, but now I'm okay with it. I get to play more games this way because I finish them faster. I also get to see everything a game has to offer and all the secrets. Uh, what does the panel think? Should I be ashamed of my words and deeds? <laughs> no. Uh... I am 100% against walkthroughs. The last guide I got was Dragon Quest VIII after I beat it to like get all the mini medals. I'm totally against walkthroughs, but um, I'm, I, I've, what did I just play? I played uh, Persona 4 on easy. Yeah, yeah, he's pissed. Played Persona 4 on easy. It's not a hard game. I know, I know. But I, I put the game on easy and it was this liberating feeling. It was just I, I could go through at my own pace, and I wasn't stressed out, and that has kind of uh, changed my mind on on difficulty and walkthroughs as well. That's kind of the same thing, where you know, if it games shouldn't be stressing you out, you shouldn't be losing sleep over them. It shouldn't be a chore. You should not be angry, you know. And if using a guide or toning the difficulty down relieves that stress, I'm all for it. I don't agree that games shouldn't ever make you angry, but I I do agree. Like. A video game is something you bought, right? Mm-hmm. You, whatever the game you is you telling want. you, whatever your friends are telling you, whatever your mother is telling you, it doesn't matter where this input is coming from. It's your thing. Mm-hmm. Do with it whatever you want. Yeah. Like, you know, as long as it's not illegal, I guess. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Play how you want to play. But the only time I've gotten upset about someone playing a game the way I didn't like was Kyle Bossman playing oh, Bloodborne with podcasts. Oh, that's on. not what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. What? Do you have another Kyle Bossman story? <laughs> I do. Not to throw Kyle under the bus. I love that naturally it would involve Kyle. Always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. uh, I'm assuming your other ho- horrible story also involves Kyle Bosman. So people playing The Witness and like looking up solutions, oh, I, I guess it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really bother me that much. But if you're gonna like go through the effort of getting the platinum trophy, which is is, is like kind of a point of pride. Maybe maybe not everybody views it that way. Maybe I'm alone in that. But you're you're saying like I achieved this thing. But if you achieve that thing through cheating. Then that thing doesn't matter, and but, it's just. But frustrating you was the thing Kyle achieved. Yes, yeah, he did. So maybe he, he wins in the end. So, I guess yeah, maybe he, he wins in the end. But when when all of you, when all of you were yelling at him, and he was in the corner of the room, like smiling smug, like he could see it in his vision, like yeah, the yeah. little trophy yeah. popped up. Yeah. 
pissed off your colleagues. I wonder what kind of game. I don't ask much of that guy, but come on, man. <laughs> Playing Bloodborne with podcast is offensive. like if You're someone right. else does yeah. that, whatever, it's fine. But Kyle Bossman doing it, just like sitting there listening to like, like This his, American Life while yeah, just slaying like, the Bloodstarved <laughs> Beast, like fuck off, come on. <laughs> uh, next, you know better. Whoa, my voice there. Sorry, everybody. Still going through puberty. Uh, <clears throat> our next email comes in through for the. Our next email comes in from Jordan. He says, "Hi Ben, thank you. Uh, my question is about how much a game's series legacy should influence the way games are reviewed. Should the games that came before a new release be considered at all when a review occurs, or should each be judged on its own merits? A specific example. Uh, I don't want to read these specific examples. It's Ratchet and Clank. No, no, no. It's not. It has nothing to do with us. Okay. Um, she was fired up yeah. already. Wow, yeah. Prepped. I'm not, not, I'm not going to read the rest Whoa. of the email, but uh, I think Hubert knows where this is going. <laughs> Whoever would like to take it away, take it away. Um. Well, when Hubert first reviewed up. How do I even want to address this? Uh, I think I think so. I think it should be taken into, an, into account because... As a sequel, like a sequel should be made to build off of what came before it or to tell a different story or to to do something with that name, not just, oh, here's a game with the, with the franchise's name on it. Like it should bring something new or fresh or a different perspective on the, the franchise. Um, that being said, if it doesn't, but it's still a great game on its own, then that should also be taken into account. So Absolutely. I think it's kind of like like both sides. Like, you know, Resident Evil 4 does both. It completely took the, the franchise in a new direction, uh, and on its own, it's an absolutely incredible game. Um, I think we should have a Resident Evil counter yes. every time you're on the podcast. Yes. Uh, Ratchet and Clank reboot. Uh, didn't take the franchise in a new direction at all, but on its own, that game is so good and so solid. So it, it does one of the two. So I definitely think it should be. You know, Uncharted 3 got a ton of criticism because it didn't change much from Uncharted 2. I, Huber, I don't know if you agree with this, and you guys, you've all had some involvement with reviews. There's sort of this online sentiment I see sometimes where people are like, all reviews should be totally objective. Mm -hmm. Like, you should be like, this, this is how good the graphics are, this is how good, like, all this stuff. And, you know, like this person is saying, suggesting perhaps, like, you know, only view a game on its own merits. But two things, games don't exist in vacuums. You can't just, no matter how hard you try, when you're playing Dark Souls 3 or the reboot of Ratchet and Clank, you can't, you can't will into existence that this thing exists on its own. You just can't do that. There's, your, your brain cannot go through gymnastics enough times to make that work. So... When you are reviewing games, you're going to come into it some way. If you've never played, if this is the 10th the of the new series and you've never played Entry of the Series, that's going to affect your review no matter what. And people can, you know, listen to you or not based on that experience, but that's how reviews work. I, the, the people out there that just want fucking numbers, just go to Metacritic. That's what it's there for. If you want somebody's opinion, then read or watch a review. I want an F-bomb counter, because I want to know what brings Ben to drop the F-bomb. Uh, I think that's only two for the entire podcast. Hmm. But they were, I just, I'm, you know, it's interesting. Passionate. Brandon, anytime we talk about reviews, and you know this, based on how many times we talk about reviews, if we talk about reviews, Passion. I will be dropping, I will be talking uh, about F-bombs, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I hope all reviews never become any one thing. You know, yeah. it's like that. I, I love weird reviews. I love it's like we're gonna eat a hot pepper in review games. Like, yeah, those are great. Never change. You know, like mm-hmm. just do do that the way you totally. do that, and then that will always exist. If that's if if I you know am not so serious about reviews and I want to get my game news that way, then like that's great. Um, I'm meta information is something that's very very important to me. Like I. I love it when I see an episode of a show that's based on a comic. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't read the comic. And that person's like, well, I did. Did you know this? I'm like, I didn't. That's cool. That poster in the background was a reference to that character? Like, that's neat. Um, It frustrates me when people, when I'll go to somebody and I'm like, hey, did you know this about this thing that you enjoyed? If they're like, oh, I didn't know that. That doesn't mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's fine. But if the person's like, that's not important, Mm -hmm. that pisses me off. Because I'm like, well, it it is because it is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there were eight Ratchet and Clank games before this new Ratchet and Clank. If that doesn't concern you, that's fine. Then you can yeah. score the game however you want to score it. Because I want your exp- I want your raw experience with this mm-hmm. game. Like me with Pokemon. Like we 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 joked. I might you know review Pokemon Red when I'm done with this game. Because I'm like, it's it's it, I've prepared more than any review I ever have. I might as well just do it right. and give the game a score. But it's like I would not think that my score is official at all because I have this totally weird skew 37 year old man who's never played Pokemon before. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was so, your age. That's interesting. Well, there you go. Um, I probably yeah, I probably shouldn't add on myself. I'm 29, but it, it just yeah it just frustrates me when there's it's like oh there's an interesting story behind there and people are like that story doesn't belong with that it's like it it does you can't yeah. you can't unstick that from that thing it's attached to it the yeah. the the meaning of that word the other you know thing that actor was in that I can't stop thinking about seeing them in another role mm-hmm. you know it's like um, so yeah it, it's so again it's like if you choose to ignore it fine but if you say that it, it has no importance then that's frustrating. So. Brandon, I think that was That's very my well weird said. Take. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a good point. I was thinking yeah. of the Batman games when you're kind of like talking about all that. Hmm. So they do all kind of link together. And if you know, you know, if you're like, oh yeah, Russell, cool, that guy was weird. Like, I'm not gonna like mm-hmm. chew your head off. Being like, yeah, yeah. you have to know who that is. But if like, if you do want to know, yeah, I'll go on for hours mm-hmm. and yeah. point out all sorts of fun stuff and directions they took that character. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I know that sounds like I'm disagreeing with you, Huber, but it's just, yeah. it, it's, it's, it, no. I would, I, I, I wouldn't, I didn't list, read your script. I was surprised when I saw your score, but I didn't read your script and was like, what? He's wrong. It was like, whoa, that, what? I wasn't there for that experience that happened to him. You know, like I thought we all have the new five star system. So I'm just waiting for that first five star. And it's just like, you know, Huber's playing a remedy game. I'm like, oh no. And they're like, oh, it wasn't five stars. And then it's like, no, he's playing Ratchet. Oh God. And they're like, whoa, he did. Wow, look at that score. Pump the brakes. You know, and I didn't read the script and was like, that's unfounded. I was like, oh, that's how he feels. Okay. I, if I if this if this rash is that important to me, I will move on to another review and see what that person thought. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like poke fingers like wrong. Our next email comes in from Christopher, and uh, not all of our emails are going to be questions. Sometimes somebody might just say something that I think is amusing, and I thought this was highly amusing. Christopher says, hey, allies, I just want to share an interesting incident that occurred while I was listening to the first episode. I live in Tokyo, and my Korean girlfriend recently moved in with me. Our common language is Japanese. During the hot take segment, you, will you guys begin pronouncing it as hotake? Cute girlfriend quizzically saying, Hotate? Japanese for scallop. And me awkwardly trying to explain in Japanese <laughs> what a hot take was. <laughs> Just the visuals that this made me think of, is, is, it's adorable. So, not nice. a lot to say, but it's fine. great stuff. 
Our next email comes in from Blaine, uh, who I've known for a long time and has followed game trailers and Easy Allies for a very, very, very good long while, so I appreciate that. Blaine says, hey, allies, how important is the integrity of a favorite gaming franchise's lore slash story <laughs> to you? For example, I love Metroid and Metal Gear, but I think other M and Phantom Pain did horrible things to their respective canons. My disdain for these titles, more so the former, doesn't keep me up at night, but if we, uh, but if we got into it, you'd think it does. On the previous episode, you briefly mentioned player expectation and entitlement when fans talk about where a character or series should go. I think as a part of an audience and receivers of media, some fans do have a better grasp on their beloved franchises than the creator, who may be continuing a series for a myriad of reasons, good or bad, and are so deep in what they've created. Their perspective cannot be objective, fresh, or even accurate. What do you think? Is that Resident Evil counter still going? <laughs> no, and I don't want to stop you from talking. I just thought it was funny. Go for it. Hit me. Uh, Resident Evil Six. It's super important, but it and and Metal Gear. It's it's depends how invested and how long I'm invested in a franchise. Um, you know, Resident Evil Metal Gear came out in '98. That's like 20 years of a continual story. So, you know, if I'm attached to a franchise for that long, it is very important. Um, because it's continual, whereas like Zelda, mm -hmm. you know, Zelda timeline, whatever. But to me, every <laughs> Zelda game is its own thing and different. So you know, I'm not really concerned. It's just a matter of how it, uh, how long a continuity is going for, um, and if I'm there for it all. You know, if I were to jump into, I can't think of like a currently long running franchise. But say I got into Metal Gear like late. Maybe I wouldn't be as attached, but like being being in Metal Gear and being in Resident Evil from the beginning, um, extremely extremely important. Uh, the only thing I don't like is obviously to me I think story and lore and all that stuff is is super important, and I, I get attached to those things. But I think my biggest disappointments, not just with games but with any media, is when I feel like the creator is no longer doing telling the story that they want to tell they're catering to fan expectations and when mm. i feel like that's happening when i feel like these pieces are sort of moving on their own and then it just ends mm -hmm. i'm gutted like i to me that is the greatest tragedy of all and so i would rather have a series go in a totally wild direction that i didn't improve of that that wasn't consistent with what they had established before than feel like they were just sort of phoning it in mm -hmm. sure yeah uh i love this series and I wouldn't, I'm glad the creator stuck to it, but it's fucking out of control. It's Kingdom Hearts, obviously. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I've played those games three times and I still forget so much in those games. But I'm glad he's sticking with his vision. Yeah. Yeah, so. it, I mean, it definitely feels super Nomura, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's very unique, so whatever. As, as, get weird. As, mu as, as much, you know, shit as I can throw mm -hmm. at Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. I, I, Kingdom Hearts is not a series where I'm like, they better get it right. Yeah, you know, I have high I think, expectations on that story. I think for as long as those games have gone on, you're just like, whatever, dude. I'm just going for the ride. But the story is important to me in those. I do like them a lot, but I know what to expect to some extent. Time travel nonsense and all Xehanort. See, I don't know what to expect at all. So the fact Which that you cool are at a point too. where you can expect certain things, I think that's that's a pretty good achievement. Um, I, Just really quick, just yeah, way on it. Uh, I hate, I don't so much hate like a game will come out that I'm like, oh, that's just is a stain on this thing, this mm -hmm. franchise that I love. Oh, you know, uh, not Liberty City Stories, but like uh, Vice City Stories is so bad, it just ruins GTA. But I hate uh, after the fact when like something's retconned 
and a and a developer just kind of pretends like it does something doesn't exist. They were just like, oh yeah, we did, oh, we didn't make that. It's like, yeah, you did. You made it. Own up to it. You know, like if you want to pull a Disney and like buy Star Wars and be like, yeah, this expanded didn't happen. We're not like deleting it. We're gonna still sell these books. We're just gonna call it something different. Then like, oh okay, as long as you mm-hmm. you know identify as you're like Metal Gear Acid didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, whatever, however you feel about it, if you like those games, cool. But Acid One and Two not in the timeline. Those are something weird, separate that we did. Just so you, you you have the same frame of reference on that weird thing you did as I did. But if, mm-hmm. like, whenever, you know, you, you, you treat something or you're like, oh, no, coded is, yeah, coded's real important. You're mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not, <laughs> but thanks. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one thing you need to glean from coded. But, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's the one that's one with Jiminy, right, where he... Yeah, yeah. Just the bit, man, uh, I've never, you know. Don't, well, great thing is you don't got to play it anymore. So, you can so just watch it. I know Brent, way that game is more trash. about that series. I hate that game. That game is it's like, it's like those little beads in Inside Out that just go around the memory thing, just sucking up all the memories you don't need. Mm-hmm. I just keep trying to push them into the Kingdom Hearts section, like, just suck it all up. I don't need it. <laughs> but it's all in there. <sighs> Our last email comes in from Jason. He says, uh, the subject is, Hotake sounds like a mushroom. I was wondering, since the panel is playing a lot of games, are there any games that got completely off the radar either because of bad reviews or got no advertisement or you wish that people talked about it more? Um, and then, so, sorry, sort of two pieces of this. Were there any games that were either completely off the radar for you for whatever reason, and then once you played them, they were magical to you? Like, they sort of just came out of nowhere, you sort of played incidentally, and just completely consumed you? Uh, I know one for you, immediately. Dying Light? Yep. Dying Light. Uh, Jones gave the, the game a bad review. Uh, granted, that was the first version of the game. It's now enhanced. It would have gotten us. It would have gotten three and a half stars with our corn. Mm-hmm. I think I gave it a six, eight. Yeah. Because it, I, yeah. I, was, I really wanted to give it a seven, but yeah. it just, you know. And there was no hype. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, and, and you love open world games. So I was like, wow, well, yeah. he's Zombie it, too, like. Yeah. So, kind of killed the hype, and then, you know, the Enhanced Edition came out, and I finally got to play it, and I'm just... I'm sure that's an excellent time to play that game. I'm sure, especially because they, they have, like, vehicles now and all the yeah. stuff they added. I'm like, I bet that game's a blast now, yeah. Yeah. So, that's mm. one. I've got one. Uh, Deadly Premonition. Ooh. Uh, so, that got... That got I, I, I read a lot of reviews, and I take them seriously, I guess, because it's what I do, too. And Deadly Premonition got, like, a 2.5 on... I just think it's like a six, like a seven. I'll be like, oh, whatever. I'm interested in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Star Fox Zero is kind of that way where I, I don't care. I still really want to play it. But when you give something a two, right? Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's saying something. That's making a statement. And uh, Deadly Premonition is one of the most magical games I've ever played. And I would never trade that time for anything. It's beautiful. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. This is unfair because I can't remember the time and place where I, I was at, but I remember hearing a lot of negativity towards Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I finished that and was like, that's what I wanted that to be. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah. I don't, couldn't tell you what the hell just happened, but <laughs> you know, like the ending was the big ball of light and yeah. the, the dock and some water some and flashlights and, flying around, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, cool. Um, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. But uh, It's a terrible lie. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the, that world, that forest, that yes. trip you take, those, that, those that, environments, that man. point A and all those points on the way to B in that game uh, is very different. Uh, there, it's re- really hard for me in my video game experience to point at another game that does the things that Alan Wake does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I heard so much negativity about that game before I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's remedy so, games, man. And it, I, I probably went in with just the right amount of low expectations to mm-hmm. kind of, you know. To, to be kind of intimidated the first time a tractor was like, brr, 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 and I'm like, whoa, what? Like, that tractor's flying at me. What's happening? <laughs> Creepy I'm, game. I'm so glad we're, we're on the same page because, yeah, Alan Wake 
I wish we disagreed more. Honestly, that was probably my major disappointment uh, in the podcast I think today. Alan Wake is okay. There's just a lot of handshaking. There's a lot yeah. of like, you know, I'm a, a writer. Lot of, lot of hugs. I don't know. Too much love and respect on this podcast. I mean, the thing is, that's why I want to get Ian on, right? Because then yeah, we, we really, really, really get need, the, Yeah, no uh, Ian, no Kyle. Oh, yeah. Kyle yeah. hates Alan Wake. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is there? He hates it. Yeah. Whew. You're right, though. We do need to disagree more. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, that's it, everybody. Yeah. Do we have any, do we have any yeah. closing thoughts? Anything? I got a closing thought. Hey, I love this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the kid who like comes home from school and gives <laughs> gives a report and it's like no they, they like it they pay, it. pay attention i love it because yeah. it's like I, I think if you're um i'm looking forward to you hosting something like this and and and, and getting better at it and learning you yeah. know really what you want the show to be over time but it's it's fun because i i feel like this the podcast always made sense to me i remember we we were like lots of opinions came around because we were like what is the second podcast going to be and i always had like a real clear vision and i think it's like got to that point not vision because it means sounds like it was my idea but like uh I, 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 of what I thought we could do with a, with a, a second podcast is because there's lots of times when Kyle would like bring something up on uh, the Easy Allies podcast and previously on GT Time where I was like, oh, I have it. No, and that's fine. You know, like, I don't want to push the conversation farther than it needs to be because we should probably right. wrap this up in time and we have like a very strict schedule. And this is fun because like you'll ask a question, you know, like, I, I didn't think on a podcast I could go on and on and on about things like that. Like yeah. questions are my favorite part because mm-hmm. it's like they'll ask a question. I'm like, this is the type of crap that we do when we're not working that we yeah. do that we, we need to do less of because we need to be working more. <laughs> so to do it and work at the same time is like, yay. It's awesome. Uh, the the original intent behind this podcast, and it's definitely what it's turned into, is and you would get rightfully upset and you should have been because we were being super not productive but we would just sit there at our desk at GT and have conversations like this like all day and you know we wanted to turn that into something and I'm a total hypocrite too though because like you would be like mid conversation you're like well think about killing joke and I would just like walk in the room I'm like now listen to Hubert yeah that's true it's always funny like what would push me like right yeah absolutely I'm coming in but that's a yeah. Jones, it means a lot to have you say that. I appreciate it. We're, I love it. Yeah. It's all, it's all feel good vibes. Uh, thank you. So, oh, sorry. See, I'm really bad at closing. I'm not in a rush to add anything to my schedule, but I enjoy this. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, oh no, another show. A uh, quick shout out to Davis from Warp Zone. Because yeah. he would love when we would talk about games at our desks. Like, yeah. you know, he yeah. would come out all the time. Good yeah. man. So, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> he would always uh, bring so up his Game Boy printer, yeah. and I thought that guy was pretty cool. It's legit. If you got a Game Boy printer, legit. Yeah, you're you're all right. Ben, please end your podcast. Definitely. This is the end of Frame Trap, and we always end Frame Trap in the exact same way, with a hotake.